Do you buy supplements? Of course you do. You work hard in the gym, you might as well get the most out of your hard work. Now, where are you buying supplements? Are you wasting your precious time driving down to a supplement store so some kid behind the desk can try to sell you something and he can get a kickback? If anyone's going to get a kickback, give it to your boy six-pack Lapidat. Use promo code KOTL25 and go to FusionMuscle.com. All proceeds are going to go to the podcast you know and love. Help your boy out. We need to up our audio quality. We need to start making some moves here. And you could come along for the ride. All the supplements you need, whether it's multivitamins, creatine, protein, pre-workout, what have you. FusionMuscle.com and use promo code KOTL. Let's get the show going. Six pack lab at Cafe Fitness. And um okay. I I I'm I'm gonna Six try packs to, lost her words here. Listen, listen. I'm gonna try to repeat what I just said. But I'm gonna try to hold my temper. You just asked me about Top Boy. And I asked, and I said, look, I love Top Boy. I started to tell these people about Top Boy if they don't know it? Um, I mentioned it before, but Top Boy, real quick, 2011, Top Boy was in the UK, got dropped on Channel 4, which is a pretty big channel, I'm told, out there. One, one season, four episodes, got crazy good reviews. 2013, season two dropped, four more episodes, Good reviews, but they didn't have a lot of money. So they stopped, okay? Um, years go by. Somehow Drake um, found it and and watched it and was like, holy shit, this is a really good show. Um, so he shoots the producer a tweet or something or runs into him and says, when's the next season? What's going on? You guys haven't put a season out in a few years. This is a few years ago that Drake saw it, like 2015, 2016. And the producers of the show was like... Didn't have the money, so we got canceled. Drake, and the guy said, Drake shot him a message back and said, well, we'll see about that. And he's like, what? I don't know what that means, but whatever. Then next thing he knows, Netflix is contacting him saying, Drake wants to be a producer. He wants this thing to go through. Uh, boom goes the dynamite. These, these guys got a TV deal on a platform like Netflix. Uh, more money than they ever had in terms of money. And uh, they drop a season, a full proper season, 10 episodes deep. And on that day, Six Pack became a Drake fan. And on that day, <laughs> I became, I liked Drake before, but not quite like I do now. On that day, I started saying, bruv, and, 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 um, and fam, every other word. So um, This guy actually thinks he's British. That's right. I'm full on to British lingo now. So um, my buddy shot me a line. Because I'm always like, man, I'm a, like anyone who listens knows if you, whenever we're like, what'd you do this weekend? What I did, you know, I'm watching TV shows or a UFC. So my buddy's like, if you went to a, you got, you need a new show. I'm all over Peaky Blinders, which is also that a UK. A show. That's a damn good show. Which is also a UK show. I'm all over the UK scene all of a sudden. Uh, my buddy's like, if you like The Wire, you're going to love Top Boy. And he's like, but make sure you watch the first two seasons. Dude, I ripped through every single episode in like a week and a half. I'm showing up at work with like three hours sleep because I can't stop. I can't turn off Top Boy. I'm like, one more episode. 
more and more episode, right? That's the problem with Netflix. It's all on Netflix, by the way. So absolutely love Top Boy. And, um, and, and look, it's not just me. The reviews were like... The, the, yeah, it's like 94 and 95. It's insane. Absolutely insane. And, and not just the new season, the old seasons, because they got released on Netflix. Netflix mm-hmm. like, we'll take them all. Can you watch the new season independently of the old one? You can, but you're missing out. Fair, fair. Like, I'm telling you, the, the 2011, 2013, phenomenal. And when you see the characters in season, in the most recent season, and heads up, they call the most recent season season one. It's mm-hmm. not season one. Mm-hmm. They, they call the, the new Netflix season, 10 episode one, season one. And they call the first two seasons Top Boy Summer House. Right, right. I saw and that. Summer House is the project they run their drug dealing out of. So if you're listening to this, do yourself a favor. Watch Top Boy Summer House 1 and 2. Then watch season 1. Because um, you like the, the setup they do in terms of character development, when things happen in, in the newest season that Netflix got on board with, and I won't like give spoilers, but obviously like these are gangsters. People die. It is far more impactful. And you see the growth of some, like character development of some of these guys. So when he dies, she dies, this happens, this guy goes to jail, you, it's rattling. Like some moments are rattling because you've seen season one and season two. Like they were literally like, like in 2011, some of these dudes were like kids. And now they're like 22 in the, in the most recent. So you see them as like kids. Right, right. Like they were, them. yeah, them they were the like, series. they were like boys wanting to be top boy, like the top dog. Mm. And, um, and then you see it happen, and when he dies, he goes to jail. Shit like that happens. You're, or if you think he's about to, you start getting anxiety. Like, holy shit, how's this going to happen? And the way they make it, there are two rival gangs um, going at it, because there can only be one. And um, you like you want both sides to win. You're like, how does this work out? You know somebody's going down. Mm-hmm. There's an ultimate you know. clash that's about to happen. Dudes are going to die. Top, top boy, not top boys. <laughs> this is it, right? So it's, um, man, it's such a good show. But you were saying? So anyways, I watched the first episode after Six Facts been hounding me every day at the gym. Dude, I'm, I'm with, with my lovely girlfriend who, seven year anniversary today, by the way. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but she didn't like the first episode. I see. And, um, oh, to make matters worse, there was one scene where they're wrapping up someone. I think they were clipping clipping his finger. Cutting his fingers off. Yeah, and she fast forwarded that scene. How do you get to watch the whole scene? How do you feel with that? <laughs> so it's tough because obviously it's your anniversary and you got to break up with her on the anniversary. <laughs> That's a tough decision, but you got to do what you got to do to be top boy. Well, I can just wait till this episode drops and this is my this is my breakup. <laughs> <laughs> That's so informal. <laughs> Be like, babe, make sure you download. Watch this. five minutes and thirty into this podcast. That's right. Love Kathy. <laughs> That's right. Love Kathy, babe. That's that's the ending. No, uh, man, it is so. It's such a good. Are you going to continue watching it even without her? Oh, for I I think I'll get her to keep watching. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. But you cannot fast forward. I told you, you can't. You can't make your opinion off one episode. No, one hundred percent. And uh, man, it's just started. Like in terms, of, like the character. Like I'm telling you that the character development is phenomenal. Like where these guys are, um, like episode one is not even close to where the rat in season three, mm. and um, and it gets like so good. But it is uh, when you're in a relationship and the other person doesn't like the show, and you have that many. Man, sometimes you got to be like, look it. I'm trucking through this with the, with the, with the <laughs> there's always that that um, series that pops up. I'm finishing the game here. I gotta see who ends up being top boy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's definitely it's worth it. But uh, if she was squeamish on the fingers getting cut off, it's like, going to be a it's going to be a rough season. Uh, my man, there are some 
Like, I know what you mean. At that point in the series, when they're cutting off that guy's fingers, they didn't have guns even. Right. They're like, we're going to rough this guy up. We'll cut off a finger or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. They might stab us. So there might be a stabbing. Mm-hmm. By season three, like, I don't want to say too much, but you see some crazy shit. Like, I mean, like kids are involved. Like kids are selling right, drugs. Right, right, Kids, Kids are selling drugs in this show. Kids have guns and shit happens to kids. And it's tough to watch. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, But that's real. That is happening. you got like 10-year-olds out there with guns doing things. And... um so she thought that was a tough scene. It's gonna be a hard man. It's gonna be a hard. There's gonna be a lot of fast forwarding, but uh, it might just be a character builder. For it's gonna be a character builder for her as well as the characters on the show. By the end, she's like, "Ah, fuck it. They gotta kill that kid. He's a rat. He's gotta go." Hey, maybe in a few weeks she'll be seen in it like you. That's right, man. Bruv, bruv, bruv. But uh, but anyways, yeah, Top Boy's phenomenal. If you're listening, you want to show. But, uh, but uh, with no further ado, we got Austin Perkins on the show. Um, quick rundown on this young man. He came across our radar and probably almost everybody else's in powerlifting when at the University Cup, the IPF, international event, uh, university lifters from all over the world vying for the University Cup. And as a 20-year-old, he's 20 now. He might even be young. Like, this is January, February. He might have been a teenager or just barely out of his teens. 74 kilo kid and posts a 737.5 total squatting over 600 pounds 275 kilo deadlifting damn near 700 pounds like just crazy numbers quickly shot up to being um you know top three in the world regardless of age and the guy's just barely out of his teens and um oh and by the way he also barely fills out 74 kilo it's phenomenal mm-hmm. it's crazy so um, as soon as I seen that, repost that, and literally like a star is born, I think was the caption. And that's usually, sometimes I get hyperbole, that was no hyperbole. Mm-hmm. This kid is a star mm-hmm. for sure. He's um, got a bright future. He's got a bright future, that's for sure, yeah. If you're buying stock in any of these lifters, buy heavily into Austin Perkins. He's going to pay dividends. So leading into USA Raw Nationals, he's definitely one of the stars of one on the show. Um, he definitely deserves more exposure. And, uh, and in terms of the 74 kilo class... Man, there's some, there's some big. That's that's the big one. That's probably the most competitive class. There's Taylor. The rest of the fellas probably too far behind to push Taylor, but underneath the king, give him some time. Too. To yeah, give them time. But vying for two, three, four, five, yeah. all the way down. These guys are like neck and neck and neck and neck and neck. Mm-hmm. They're just a couple kilos apart all of them. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be good. So with no further ado, let's get my man on the phone. Is the man. Austin Perkins, <laughs> we're just rolling through um, a bit of your profile, my friend. Yeah. So you yeah. are, I think you were the first 74 kilo junior to squat over 600. Is that right? Which yep. is a world record. And then the yep. first 74 kilo junior, or the youngest to total over 700. Yep. And uh, won the University World Cup. Um, also in and out of gear, setting records. And uh, 20 years old. Is that right? Yeah, it is. It is. It's quite the resume. That is quite the resume, man. <laughs> yeah, you've been, you've been building it up. So for, for me, um, and probably for a lot of people, you bounced on, on my radar um, at that IPF World Cup at the university. A 737 and a half kilo total and um, only 20 years old. A 74 kilo junior. I mean... It doesn't take much math to see, man, at 20 years old, 
how quickly you could easily be totaling like upwards in the late 700s, you know, clo- close yeah. to 800. And there wasn't that long ago, man, there was like maybe one dude we thought could pull that off and that'd be Taylor Atwood. And, yeah. t- and Taylor's been around for a hot minute. For you at 20 yeah, years old, yeah, he's been around for a minute. So for you to be 20 years old and uh, posting what you did, um, jumped on our radar, jumped on like everybody's radar. I'm like, damn, I remember posting be like, is this a star in the making? What, what, what's going <laughs> yeah. on here? You, you remember I posted that? Like this. Yeah, I like love a- that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying, we're trying to get out there. <laughs> so before, so we'll catch up to that huge performance, but um, let's walk it back a minute for some people who who didn't know you previously. So um, where are you from, and a little bit of your background, how you came up. Uh, so I'm from. Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, it's the capital of Mississippi. A lot of people don't know that. No one knows Mississippi, of course, because it's nowhere. So, uh, yeah, I'm from there. Um, I play football most of my life. And, uh, it was, I think it was after football season, I think. And one of my friends, it was like, I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade, actually. So I was like 12, 13, I think. My friend was like, I'm on the high school powerlifting team. I'm like, what do you mean you're on the high school powerlifting team? We're in, we're in seventh grade with... 12, 13 years old, bro. Like, these are freaking, what, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to do it, too, out of jealousy of my friends. So I was like, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I was a 114 back then. Like, I was small, oh, small. Yeah. I'm like, I'm 5'4 now. Yeah. So okay. we're I, prob- I probably was like. We were wondering how tall you were. So you're 5'4 now. Yeah. And what, what do you walk yeah, around now, now, now. For, for body weight? Uh, okay, well, um, I usually don't eat a lot. I don't eat unless I really feel hungry, so I'll probably walk around at, like, 71.9, 72, mid-72s. So probably walk around when I don't. Yeah, you're a small 74, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Could you make 66 kilo, do you think, with a water cut? I, 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 yeah, with a water cut, I probably could, but I just don't like cutting weight. Yeah. That's too much. That's too much work. Are you looking to fill out the class? Uh, yeah, sooner or later. When I, when I get, I've been trying to meal prep and stuff, but it's just been, it didn't work for me, dude. I don't, I don't eat a lot. So it's, it's hard. It's See, hard to do it. I just don't, I have to push myself to eat. Then I get, then I feel sick and bloated. Then practice goes bad. So it's like, I'd rather just do what I keep doing. I'm, I mean, it's not like I'm getting any worse. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. Clearly not affecting your this life. This is true. Um, dude, this is, <laughs> this is a total opposite problem I have. Food, smashing food is not a problem for me. Um, getting too big is like a problem. I mean, like ninety nine percent of people are like uh, struggling to make their weight class, unless you're like a super heavyweight. But um, Fred, I had no idea you were that size. So you could conceivably, mm-hmm. like for sure, in the future, when you fill out seventy four, your numbers are going up. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. The numbers you're posting, because even um, like I know you you don't like it. And um, have you tried a water cut before? I tried it one time, like when I was in high school, but I didn't know exactly what I was doing, so uh, I don't really count it though. But yeah, I know we have a lot of people here that know how to do it, but I just, I just haven't tried. I haven't ate enough and had the water cut to do it, so I haven't. Yeah, there's no reason sense. to try it. And I feel like yeah, yeah, and it's you know what, like, um, so it's one of those things. Like obviously, there's there's a reason why there's weight classes, right? Like mass moves mass, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, freak, that's insane. That so if you were walking around at like a buck seventy. So what are you in pounds? What's your body weight in pounds? Uh, in pounds, I think yesterday night I weighed 
160, 1.9, I think. That was last night, though. After, like, after I ate a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. we had, like, we went out to dinner with my friends and stuff, so I just ate. And that was, like, right when I got home. And that's at night, too, miss. You might even be in the buck 50s. Yeah. Lousers. Yeah, I mean, if you if you were around, like, 171-ish and cut in, um, and it wouldn't be that hard. Shit, man. Like, who knows? Who knows down the line, right? It's These are yeah. all, like, things that, like, whatever. Uh, cross that bridge when you get to it. But that's crazy. I didn't realize. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 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 all right. So, you started... Uh, your buddy started powerlifting first, and you're like, "Let me get in. Yeah. Let me get. Let me get. Let me invite myself to this party." And in in yeah. in the U.S., see, I'll, a lot of people may not know because some people come from different nations, and there isn't like powerlifting mm-hmm. in high school. But in the U.S., powerlifting high school is only equipped. Is that right? Uh, yes, and some I think in all the states are except for I think Wisconsin. Wisconsin has both because uh, their their state championship is a USAPL meet. Yeah. It's USAPO uh, Federation. And everybody, everybody else's is, isn't. It's just their, like, their state high school doing it. Uh, okay. But just for Wisconsin, Wisconsin is the only state, I think, that they do USAPL high school state championship meets. And so they have raw and equipped. But everywhere else is just equipped, yeah. Everywhere right. else is equipped. Why is that, do you think? Because that, that's weird to me because I, I would I would have thought, especially at that age, like, it's easier to get into a sport when there's no equipment. You just walk in mm-hmm. and do your thing. And... At that age, because everybody's growing, like like not even every year. Like some of these kids, I remember being in high school, man. Dude leaves grade nine, and we're all the same size. Dude comes back to grade ten. We're talking two months, <laughs> and he, he's yes. like five inches taller. He's shaving, and it's like, what mm-hmm. the hell? I thought he was the teacher when class started. Like everyone looks different. So when you're buying equipment yeah. and shit, it lasts you like six months at a time sometimes. But um, so why mm-hmm. why do you think it is equipped? you did. Anyone ever talk about that? Like that's it seems odd to me. I think I think it's because you know Texas is like the biggest state here for powerlifting, so they're all they're all equipped down there. So I feel like they just it's just like to keep it the same basically for, yeah, between yeah. everything. And then if you want to do raw, it's like you just go to a USAPL meet and do a raw meet. But I guess that that's a, some people say it's safer for equipment, but I don't know. I just it's just what I grew up with, so I always did it. And then I came yeah. to Midland, and my coach made me do that first meet raw. And then I fell in love with Raw, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Was equipment weird to get into when you were younger, like putting on a bench shirt? Like it's a whole other variable. Well, well, in Mississippi, is the only state that you don't wear bench shirts. Actually, everywhere know. else wears bench shirts. Yeah, in Mississippi, I didn't. But squat suits, it was like I didn't know that there was a difference between you know. I wore an Enzer squat suit when I was in high school, and I was still the number one seventy four in high school coming out when I graduated. And I wore an Enzer suit, like a thin, the thin one. And now I'm yeah. using a super centurion to put a hundred pounds on my squat. Holy shit! Like, is that the difference between yeah. suits? It can be like a hundred pounds. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it depends on how you use it, but yeah, I put, I put hundred pounds on my squat because I squatted seven oh five at Open Nationals, and then I just squatted six oh six at at the University Cup. But that probably will I'll probably, I'll probably have a higher equipped total. When I come back for when I go back equipped, because I'm gonna, I might try to go to the World Games. We'll keep that, say that, see if that'll happen. Is um, do you think like lifting in equipment? Because you have to have like 700 pounds in your back. Do you think that makes mm-hmm. you stronger when you take the equipment off? Because your nervous system's used to moving that kind of weight. Yeah, I 100 percent think that. Yeah, I think that all the time. It's like when I get when I get when I got the 600 on my back, I was like, well, I've already had 700 on my back yeah. before, so it's not like. 
it's gonna make me nervous. Like, oh my gosh, all this weight. I've already had seven hundred on my back, so yeah. it's, it's fine. Like walking out six hundred must feel like a joke to you. Like, yeah, you it does. Confident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's it's a variable though, right? Like in terms of learning how to use that equipment, because some people can get more mm-hmm. equipment than other people can. Yeah, that's a, that's right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people can get because I know, uh, and some people like they don't get anything out of a squat. Like I don't get anything out of a deadlift suit at all. Like that's why I deadlift raw and everything. That's why at, uh, at collegiate nationals this year, I pulled raw instead of putting my deadlift suit on because my deadlift suit, and my raw deadlift are the exact same thing. So it's like, <laughs> like why am I wasting? It's just it's, it's different for some people. Yeah. And do you pull sumo or conventional? I pull sumo. Yeah, I pull sumo. Does that make a difference? You think whether or not it loads the suit? Yeah, I think it does. I yeah. think it really does. I think it adds more if you pull conventional, really. Yeah. But. That's, that's more range of motion, though. I'd rather not do that, honestly. <laughs> that's too much work. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I wonder if someone had said it's something to do with, like, the reason why uh, equipment helps with the bench press and the squat is because they're, like, racked. So, because you're unracking a weight and you can compress the shirt mm-hmm. or, the, or the squat. Whereas, because the deadlift is off the floor and not off a rack, it's it's harder to load up. The suit, and I'm not an equipment. Yeah, player. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that, it makes sense when you when you put it that way. Yeah, because you can like if you, when you're unracking it with the shirt on, you feel you can feel it compressing down. But when you're deadlifting, you're trying to compress yourself and yeah. feel the tension instead of yeah instead of the weight doing it itself. Yeah, so it's, that makes a lot of sense actually. So it's a lot harder to load now for guys like who are mostly raw loading a suit. We got no concept of what the heck that even means. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's difficult for us to, to understand. But do you think you're going to stay doing both of those? Like, is that difficult, seasoning them both? Well, I, actually, since now I'm, uh, I'm with A7 now, I'll probably be done with equipment after college. So two more years of college, I'll probably do collegiate nationals equipped for the next two years. And that's the only me I'll probably do equipped more than likely. And I might go to, you know, um, junior equipped worlds my last two years or whatever, but after those two meets, I'm mainly going to be raw because I'm with A7 now, and I, I love raw anyway, so yeah, after I, after college, strictly, strictly raw. It's weird how that works, eh? like, uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to like, college athletes, because even in college, like it's not just high school, but college, it's huge for equipped, right? Like, Is there colleges with um, unequipped? Yeah, yeah, most people have uh, both of them. The only schools that don't have both, I think, is Louisiana, Lafayette, La Tech, uh, and that's it. I think those are the only two schools actually that they don't have raw teams. Everybody else has both, or just raw and collegiate nationals. And do they? And, and are they USAPL? It's weird. Like who, yeah. who who runs it? If like high school, who runs the high school ones? If not USAPL, it's just like the high school. Uh, we itself? have it's 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 one high school national meet. USA USAPL hosts that. But if it's just like your high school federation, it's just the state holds it. So it's like football or anything like yeah, that. Like yeah. it's just it's built the same that way. Gotcha. So then when you were doing the how did you get the invite to do the IPF University World Cup? How does that kind of qualification work? Uh for for University Cup at Collegiate Nationals, the team has to win raw. It's, it's only raw, it's not equipped. So yeah. let's say I, I wasn't on the raw team for Midland. I was on the equipped side. I lifted equipped at that meet. But if the raw team wins, you can choose anybody from the team to lift. So he took me because I was the 74. So it was like, might as well take Austin. And we took Shane Nutt, 
which because you know Shane is Shane, so yeah. uh, Matthew Weisberg. We took like five people. We ended up winning the whole meet. It was crazy because it was so many other people from other countries. I think it was like Britain. They had like twenty people on the team. Oh, we brought five and one. It, it, did they like so? How does because you think they'd cap it on people, but I guess not. Mm-mm. No, but it's just like it's just like any other team thing. So it's like two in each weight class, basically. So they have two seventy fours, two sixty sixes, two fifty nines. Yeah, it was open. So yeah, two fifty nines, two eighty threes. Everything. It just you can. So people were just stacking them up so they could have yeah. better chance of winning points. And then we came in there. I got first. Shane got I think third. Matthew Weisberg got second. And we just took everything. It was crazy so with five people. It was a metal hall. Like, and did you know? <laughs> so so going into that um, World Cup. Like, did you know the type of performance you're about to put together? I did not. I did not, actually. I um, I went in, and I tell people this all the time. I went in, and I wanted to break Taylor's squat record. That's the only thing I wanted to do. Yeah. I just wanted to break Taylor's squat record. That's the only thing. It, that was the my whole prep. It, it was breaking Taylor's squat record. What's Taylor's squat record? What's the record at right now? I think it's uh, I think it's 622, I think. Is it? Okay. I don't know what it is. I think it's 622. It's 622 or six. 31. It's between that. It's what it was in that area. Because he's lifted since then. I can't remember what he hit at Worlds. But this, because this. Yeah, that's, that's when, when, he, when he broke the record at Worlds. That's the record I wanted to break that he broke at, uh, in oh, Sweden. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I wanted to break that. So that was a goal. Yeah. And, and so did you, were you thinking, because a 737 and a half total, man, was that like the gameplay? Because that's a huge total. And you only missed one. No. You only missed your last bench, right? Am I right? Yeah, I missed my last bench. Yeah, I did. So, so when you went in there, was it just like load the bar with whatever? It depends on how your opener moved, and it just moved so light you just kept adding more and more kilos? Yeah, it was like for squat, It was I was supposed to go, uh, I think I opened up with 560, I think. It was supposed to go 560. And then go 600, and then try to break Taylor's record, chip it, because it was an open meet. But what happened was my second attempt didn't move as fast as we wanted to, so I just went ahead and just broke the junior world record twice. No, my first one didn't move as fast as I wanted it to. But that was because it was my first meet lifting low bar. I'm a, I was a high bar squatter, and I just changed over. So it was my first meet, so I'm nervous. I'm shaking. I'm like, please let the bar slip off my back. Don't let me tip over. I'm just nervous. And then there was, like, no music at the meet, so it was, like, dead silence. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So it didn't move as fast. And so we just went six. I think we went – we we broke the record on my second attempt, and we broke it again with the 606. How long were you – And then we went in a bit. How long Say were you again? low bar before, before that meet? You said you just switched. Two months. No, one and a half months. One and a half. Wow. Shit, man. That's a, yeah. That's kind of nerve wracking. Is it easier to go like? Why did you switch? Because most people are low bar. I think. Like I would yeah. say, like eighty five percent. But you, yeah. But you put in work, obviously, with the high bar. Well, what made you want to switch? Um, Joe Pena's dad came to the school one day, and he just helped me with it. And so I was just like, ah, people say it'd be better for Ashton Ruska told me that. It'll be easier for me. Like, I would squat more in the suit equipped if I was low bar. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, I'll try it out. And then Joe Pena's dad helped me with it. And he told me I was trash at it. Joe Pena's dad was like, you're trash. Just just stop it, honestly. <laughs> He's like, it looks terrible. I looked bad. Like, we came up there and I, I threw it away. I was like, you know, I'm 
bar, and then he left, and he kept uh, giving me tips and stuff like that, and it finally worked out, and I just switched. So yeah. at the last minute. And and are you like one hundred percent low bar is the way to go? Or are you going to be like a switch hitter every now and then? Oh uh, well, I haven't been. I'll, I'm thinking about I might switch back to high bar when I get back in equipment, but right now I'm I'm hundred percent low bar right now. I haven't trained high bar in a long time. It's it's amazing because so. there is like a few um, obviously like ollie lifters all go high bar, but there's a couple like power lifters like big ones like for instance John Hack is a pretty high high bar squatter. He's not like on top mm-hmm. of the shoulders, but there's a few of them and they put some big numbers up there. And um, I mean I think Ashton's got a big he's I, I he goes low bar as well, but he's got a big high bar squat as well. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it yeah. is it's different muscle recruitment, right? It kind of depends if you take the muscle through the lower back, you're strong, or the legs, or like if you've got big leg drive or whatever. It depends on where you recruit your power from. But um yeah. when you first like I remember when I first went from high bar to low bar it was like a reawakening man it's like oh my god i'm back in the game it was it's a huge move. like it, it for me the the weight i can't like i'm so much weaker going high bar um and i know you yourself as well but yeah when i made the switch like it was my first session i i just felt so much more comfortable low it was bar. like oh my yeah. god what have i been doing before this but uh yeah I mean, high bar, now high bar feels like it just kind of squishes me down and compresses me. Mm. It's not how I like yeah. load, load the weight. Um, so when you, so so after the squat session and you hit, so you were ended off with a 606, which is a 275 mm-hmm. kilo, um, which is huge, yeah. man. For 20 years old in a 74 kilo class. I mean, this is, it wasn't that long ago, um, squatting in the 600s and 83 kilo was a big deal. And now, you know, we got juniors in the 74 doing it. Um, so you go into bench press and is the game plan like are you, you, you think you're slightly behind because you thought you might be going yeah. after his uh Taylor's record. So how did the bench press go? Uh well I've been I was hitting uh I don't know what it was, but I've been I would my program that I was doing, I would always hit like two reds and a green. I don't know what that is. I think it's like one sixty, is it one sixty or one fifty? I'm not sure. Something like that. Yeah, but I hit. I would hit two reds of green, two reds yellow, and then two reds blue. And I was like, okay, that's how it's going to be in the meet. So I hit it like three three weeks out. I kept hitting it every Saturday, every Saturday, every Saturday. I was like, okay, it's in my head. I'm going to get it. And I get to the meet, and I get my. I hit the two reds and the green, hit the two reds and the yellow, and I get the two reds on the blue on. And y'all keep forgetting I'm a quick lifter too. So when I had it, I touched too low like I had a bench shirt on. Oh. And so it did just, it did it just, it went. I was like, oh my gosh. But as soon as I got off the platform, my coach was like, he was like, you thought you had a bench right on, did you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> it just slipped my mind. Oh, man. I was like, oh my gosh. It's that muscle memory, right? Yeah, it's muscle memory. You, you've been doing it for so long yeah. that it's like, once, once you don't have a shirt on, it's like, oh, well, let me just touch lower. Because if you touch lower in the shirt, you get more pop out of it. Yeah. And so I tried to touch a little bit lower and it just, went back i was like it wasn't a strength thing at all i had the strength it was just like a technical yeah. error that, that's the thing with bench press too once the misgroove happens there's no recovery like you got to be yeah. like way underneath your sub max to recover from a misgroove even then mm-hmm. like on the bench press it's a especially on your third attempt you misgroove that bad boy you're done you know yeah. nine times out of ten anyways so in your mind's eye 
coming out of the bench press, you thought, oh man, I'm slightly back on the squat I wanted and I misgrooved my third attempt bench press. So were you thinking like that you were on? I was, I was done. I was done. I was like, me, me, and my, uh, me and my handler, I was like, dude, it's over with. I was like, honestly, <laughs> I know. Like I was, I was ahead by like, I was ahead by like 50 or 60 keys. I was like, bro, I'm, I'm really just done with it, man. I'm upset. I was like, this doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And then I start warming up for deadlift. And like, it was feeling good. Everything yeah. was feeling good. Yeah. Well, you had a monster deadlift. Yeah. Is it, isn't it? That wasn't expected at all. It's funny how sometimes uh, when you're in the warm-up room, you start loading up the weight, warming up with it. You're like, oh, shit. Like, here's the thing. Sometimes when you get to deadlifts, if you had a taxing squat day or a taxing bench, and maybe this is, maybe the fact that you were a little more conservative on squat, and then you didn't struggle mm-hmm. hard with your, your last bench and press it out. You misgroove it. It was over pretty quick. Um, so you had more in the tank. Because there are times when you get to the deadlift and you're warming up and you're like, oh, damn, this is going to be tough. Because you're taxed, right? You're, yeah. you're like, and there are other times when you get to the deadlift event and you start warming up and you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be a good yeah. bad day. Um, so you had an indication that this is where you're going to get basically your redemption. Is in the deadlift event. Yeah. Warming up. Yeah, because I was uh it was it was supposed to be I was supposed to go on a deadlift and just uh my third attempt was supposed to take back my um my American record because at Collegiate Nationals I had deadlifted more but I was equipped. Like I was in the equipped division, so my I, I deadlifted raw, but I was in the equipped division, so the deadlift didn't count. And so somebody else at the meet deadlifted less than me and took my American record raw. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I gotta get it back. I was like, I just have to get it back. That's yeah. That's that's the only thing. I just wanted to hit my third attempt. I think it was like, I think it was like six twenty, six thirty. That's what I wanted to hit for my third attempt. And then my first and the warm up room. I don't pull hook grip. I pull mixed grip. But I pulled my warm ups hook, and I pulled I think like five thirty hook. And that was the first time I pulled that hook. So I was like, oh, today's gonna be a good day on deadlift. Today's gonna be a real good day on deadlift. So I hit my opener and it flew. It flew. My coach was like, he wasn't expecting that at all. And what was your opener? Uh, it was. 590. And so you thought going in 630-ish, which what's the kilos on that? Do you know, uh, Kathleen? It's like 285-ish? It'd be in that range. Yeah, probably around there, yeah. Um, So you were thinking that would be your third dead. Mm -hmm. Because I know what you ended up with on your dead. And you were way, (laughs) way past that. So you must have made (laughs) Yeah, I was way past that. Uh, Yeah, 285. There we go. Uh, so, so what happened? So after, after, uh, you said 595? Yeah, 595. We jumped to whatever was the American record. So I think it was like six, I think it was 630 or something, 620, 630, something around there. And that flew too. Like, I was like, I was not expecting that to come off the ground that fast. And, uh, my handler was like, so let's go, um, let's just try to get a, um, 10 times body weight total. Let's just try to do that. Like, let's not worry about the uh, junior world record or whatever, or the junior deadlift record. Let's just try to do that. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. I'm feeling that. And then my coach came over. When my handler went over there, he was like, do you want to go for the world record? Or do you want to go for this 10 times body weight total? Because the world record sounds a lot better than 10 times body weight. Oh, hell yeah. And I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, whatever, put on there. So I have my headphones in. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get it. In my head, I was like, I'm not gonna get this. It's not gonna break the floor. Not even gonna break the floor. And what like, is it? What is the weight? The weight was, if I'm not mistaken, it was six seventy seven. Six seventy seven. That's right. And can you can you grab the uh, kilos yeah. on just for the our, uh, 
everyone else who who doesn't use freedom units. Yeah. <laughs> 677. Oh, it's 307. 307? I think okay. 307. Okay. Yeah. So 307 is loaded on the bar and you're thinking there's no flipping way. Like what's the what's your best deadlift you had pulled before this? The one my second attempt? Oh, <laughs> the six, wow. the six, the six that, was, that was my that was my So yeah. you were like, guys, that was my best. But that yeah, was, like so, so you have yeah, dead- That was my PR, yeah. Oh, wow, man. These are huge jumps. So, yeah, you're thinking, I'm weighing over my head. What the hell is happening? Yeah. Whatever. You, you're not I, never, I never thought I would touch. I would touch 300 keys. Never thought I would hit, touch 300 keys in a meet, like, anytime soon. Nope. So, you're loading up the bar like a Hail Mary pass. We could throw this back to football for a second. You're loading up this bar like, mm-hmm. this is a Hail Mary. What the hell? Let's just let's just have see what happens. And when you walk out there onto the platform, mm-hmm. you're thinking, and so, you go ahead. I'll let you tell it. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah. So I just, I was nervous. Had the headphones in. I'm looking at them. Put the weight on the bar. I was like, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five reds. Yeah. I was like, okay, what they're putting on next? I was like, a yellow. I was like, oh, they're not, they're not done. They put a silver on. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like okay. So in my head, and I'm like, oh. Like, oh my gosh! I'm like, okay, we're just gonna pull. We're gonna keep pulling, keep pulling. Like I'm Steffi Cohen, just gonna keep pulling until it, until it breaks the floor. Yeah. I was like, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. So I walk up to it. I was just like, I'm not gonna take any time. I'm not gonna take any time. I go think about it. I get it and just pull, and it moves fast off the ground. Oh wow! See, here's the thing. Nobody. That's all. It just moves incredibly fast. The lockout was sticky, but other than that, it was a pretty good deadlift, man. I thought I thought I, I probably could have I could have pulled a little bit more I could have put a little bit more on the bar. It's it's crazy how like it gets risky, right? Because on one hand you could be like, hey, whatever, I'm not risking nothing. I had the the victory locked in. On the on the flip side, nobody wants to walk up there, mm-hmm. tug on the bar, and it doesn't even budge the ground. You know what I mean? Like everyone's seen that, and whatever it happens, but like nobody wants to be that guy or the girl where you're just like tug on the bar a couple times. Yeah. Like, you pull the slack out of the bar and it doesn't even and that's about it. You're like, ah damn. That's that's like a bad taste in your mouth. Even if you win, you're like, well I wish the day didn't end quite like that. Even if you win, you're like, I don't get let me have a fight and then lose it. Don't let me like pull the slack out of yeah. the bar and that's all I get. When you jump up as big as you jumped up on your third I mean that's and, yeah. and, and your second was your PR and you had a big jump like that. You know, was that going through your mind? We're like, holy shit, man. I might not get this anywhere. Okay, are we freezing up here? Oh, I think you were freezing. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this probably won't move anywhere. I was like, this is, nope. I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. But it didn't move, though. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Now everybody, now everybody calls me a deadlift specialist because I can deadlift. Now I'm like, dude, no. It was just, I, I promise, I think it's just adrenaline. It had to be adrenaline. Yeah. Like I mean, I put I put in practice over there a pretty good number, uh, but I don't want to say what it was. But uh, yeah, um, yeah I, I hit a I pulled a pretty good number, and it was uh, it moved good. And that's the most I've ever pulled in practice. The in a because before the university cup, the most I pulled. Oh, we're freezing up a bit there, my man. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think sometimes if you move your hands in front of the, it'll, it'll, it'll buffer on you if you get movement in front of your camera. I think. 
But yeah, the, the, mo- the most I hit the most I hit in the meet was uh, let me practice before the university cup was six oh six. Oh, wow. and then I went and pulled. Yeah, the, then I went and pulled that, and I was like, "So this is wow." I was like, so that's the thing when when um you're uh, like essentially like smaller, you don't have to cut. So everything you pull in training is probably underneath because mm-hmm. you don't have adrenaline in training. It's way different. A lot of people we talk yep. to because they're bigger in training and they do a weight cut. They're actually like the training numbers are all well over their platform numbers sometimes. You know what I mean? Where you see them on Instagram yep, and their yeah. training numbers are like, holy shit. If this guy can put this together on the platform, he's going to be a monster. And it can like rattle you if you're mm-hmm. going against guys like that or girls like that. And um, But when the day comes, like it's real tough when you have a big weight cut to put all those together. And then there are other people who like um, Sam Calhoun also, I think she's like right on the money. She hasn't cut much, if at all, mm-hmm. going to a competition. And she said also, like, all of her biggest lifts are always on the platform. If you're watching her Instagram yep. and you're thinking you're going to base it off her Instagram, like, you're going to be deceived. Like, like, look at your deadlift, man. If people were watching your deadlift, like, oh, he's got a 606 dead. If he puts 20 pounds on that, that's amazing. My man, you put 60 pounds, 70 pounds on that on your competition. Yeah. Like, you can't tell. You know, on the flip side, on the flip side of that, though, when you go in competition, sometimes you don't even know what you can do. <laughs> nope, I, I like it like that though. I like I like the surprise because it's like it gives me the more the more adrenaline. So it's not like I, I'm expected like, oh well, I only hit this in a in a practice, so I don't know. Like I know I'm gonna hit more than I hit in practice. So like for some people, I see on Instagram, I know that's in my weight class. I know you weigh this amount. You're not gonna hit that in the meat, brother. I know it. <laughs> you've been you've been you've been deadlifting all that weight. Yeah. And you, you, I'm, I'm just gonna say, I know you're not gonna hit that. I know you're not gonna hit that to me because you have to cut like almost ten pounds. Them ten pounds gonna make a difference, buddy. Yeah. I hate to say it, but me, I'm hitting, I'm hitting PRs in the gym, yeah. and I'm underweight. Yeah. So it, it, it is. Um, yeah, I think it works that way too. Sometimes we're like, because you know you're gonna lift more than you do in the gym. So almost, mm-hmm. it, but you don't know, like, like sky's limit is your imagination. It's almost like yep. walking up to the bar and be like, man, you could load almost anything. I could convince myself I could do it because that's the way it works for you. Where other people. Yeah, that's my mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because you're used, like, man, you did 70 pounds from your, from your previous gym lift. So if you have to do a big pull for the win, you're almost like, look at it, it's within reason. I've pulled so much more. I've had massive PRs where if there's other people who are bigger and they have to like cut water, water weight and whatnot. And they know like, man, this is more than anything I've ever pulled in the gym. And usually I'm going to pull more in the gym or squat more in the gym than I will on the platform because I haven't cut yet. So when they walk up to something like that, it's a whole nother mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's almost, um, you know, it, it's it's nice to hit something in the gym and know where you're at. So you can kind of game plan. But there's something, yeah. to be, there's something to be said for walking up to the platform and be like, hey, man, who knows? Who knows what I'm capable of? I'm an animal out there, you know? Like, sky's, yeah. sky's the limit. Like, you know, the sky's the limit, man. Like, there's, there's so many people, like, in the weight class, I know that I can just tell it's like, oh, well, I can, I know they're overweight. The only person in my weight class that is like, I know that probably could hit the same thing in the gym and practice is Taylor. Taylor's 100%. I'm not, he's the only person I know for sure that's like, okay, well, yeah, he's fine. Like, I know he's, I know his numbers are like legit, but other people is like, 
could be, could be not. It's a bad day. You cut weight wrong. Yeah. You miss you miss weight the first time you got on the scale, and so you have to go and try to cut more weight. And now you're behind on warming up, and you have less time to eat. So it's like, it's all going to come down to me. That's like I posted on my story the other day. Everybody else thinking about trying to cut weight right now. I'm over here eating <laughs> de- little Debbie cakes. Yeah, eating <laughs> Cheetos. Midnight. Eating Cheetos, watching Netflix. That's your yeah. <laughs> Is, um, your weight class, it's funny, like the 74 kilo, I don't know what's going on, but um, especially in the U.S., like worldwide it's competitive. But the 74 kilo mm-hmm. class in the U.S. is just bonkers, man. Like you have, um, like at the World Championships, when I was commentating, I had um, Joe Stanek come in. He was doing, I think he was there for just the juniors only. And um, he's like, man, can I can I do some co-commentary? We'd done co-commentary, I think, in mm-hmm. Calgary, in Belarus. So I was like, yeah, man, for sure. And um, I was like, what weight class do you want? And he's like, are you kidding me? I want the, I want the 74 kilo junior men's. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. And um, did you watch the World Sweden Junior? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, I watched it. I made sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure. I just, honestly, I just wanted to see the squads. But, oh, yeah, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it. And, and what did you think? Because it was like, um, he was telling me a bit about the fellas walking in there. And, like, they had a, like a, the America's one-two punch was phenomenal, first off. Those guys went toe-to-toe mm-hmm. in a squad battle, uh, tossing back and forth the world record. And then um, in the end, uh, you know, obviously Michael pulled ahead, like literally, and Ricky yeah. kind of fell behind. But when Ricky hit those deadlifts and he walked out there, like he like was winking at people, like he looked like he was uber confident, like it was a hell of a battle. It was an yeah. amazing. Show. Oh yeah, he has a yeah, he has a buttload of confidence. Yeah, <laughs> said at least. Yeah, he does. And we had we had both those guys on the podcast um, talking about like you know the the, the junior seventy fours. And um, so there's there's Michael, there's uh, there's Ricky, there's Kevin Train, there's yourself, there's like uh, man, there's like just in the ju- and you're all juniors, you know? Yeah. Is this probably the number one like most competitive weight ca- class in the U.S.? Yeah, I say I say we are. I say the seventy fours are, but I'm 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 not just saying that because I'm biased. Cause I'm a seventy four. I think that. Uh, I want to say the 93s are, uh, but like, the 105s. Now, now the Aston move up the 105s, I think they're competitive. I think that's like, it's 74s and 105s. I think they're the, the most competitive. Because um, David Wool. But juniors-wise, juniors, juniors those 74s, though. In terms of age group, no question. No question. And, um, yeah. yeah, no question. And what did you think about the Worlds, by the way? The 74, both the Open and the Juniors. Watching, like when uh, you watch a battle like the Juniors, and then when you watch Taylor put in work in the Open. What, what were you? Yeah, what were you I think, I knew I knew Taylor was going to put in work, of course, because it's this Taylor. I know he's all about, uh, like, getting stuff done. Uh, I love what he said about his SBD thing, that uh, if I go nine for nine, nobody can beat me. I think about that all the time. But um, with the Juniors, um, going into it, I didn't know who was going to take it, but... And I didn't really have a favorite. I would, I'm not going to say I wanted Michael to win. I wanted uh, Pug to win. But um, I just I was like, I just want to see who's going to break, you know, take my junior squat record. That's what I was worried about. I, was like, I just want to know who's going to take it. And I think that, I hate to say it, but I think they BS'd Michael on that squat call. Michael should have got that squat because he would have he would have put up a bigger squat. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's tough, right? Um, I mean, that's the type of thing. That's the thing with squats. Oh, freezing again. Am I freezing again? Okay, well, wait a second. 
We'll unfreeze. You let me know when we're when we're back. I don't even know if you can hear me saying that though. But I, I know what he's I know what he's saying about um in the squats, like in terms of like powerlifting, that's why like deadlifts are so beautiful. Yeah, it's lifting off the ground. It's shit. Mentally. I can hear you a little bit, a little bit. It's still freezing a little bit. Is it? Okay. Um I, I was just saying how uh yeah, like squats. It's one of the most finicky, also like as a commentator when you're commentating on the action, because squats are like the strike zone that can change. Like in terms of hitting depth, most people are going to hit depth. Um, but like if you're just on the line and you make the judges have to judge for you, you know, it's like a, a boxer or a UFC fighter who like if it's a close fight, you know, and it can go either way, they have to make a decision either way. You know, whereas for instance, like the deadlift, there's no questions to be asked, right? The deadlift is just straight up. You either hit it or you don't hit it. So, man, when you're watching a, a squat battle that is that close, like between Ricky and between uh, Michael C., it literally comes down to, like, a game of, like, millimeters, you know? Or fractions of an inch, basically, if you get low enough. Are you, uh, are we still freezing over there on our run? I think, I think we're still freezing. No. I'll, uh, you know what I could do? I can see. No, I'll, I'll I can't hear you. I'll stop it and call him back. Yoink. Uh-oh. Austin is unavailable. But, you know, uh, I'll let him call us back. But, you know, it's interesting. I want to get his take. I know Michael C. Can you, uh, oh. you, you hear us? Hey, we're back. Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you okay, go. Cool. That's better. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's better. Cool. Um, yeah, I was just saying, uh, talking about that squat battle and how, um, like, yeah, when squats are close, and, and it comes down to like, mm-hmm. two guys pushing each other like that. It can be like like the calls, the judging calls, whenever it's close and you make a third party have to make the decision for you. You know, that's why walking into the 83 kilo squat battle between um, Jamar and Russell, these dudes are squatting in the gym within like 10 to 15 pounds of each other. 10 to 15 pounds, when you're talking in the 700s, is, is a, it's nothing. It's a fraction of it's like I don't know what the percentage is of that, but it's absolutely nothing. <laughs> so w- yeah. when you think about what might take place on the platform, people are like, oh man, Russell's gonna crush him. Look at I'm all over Russell and everybody knows it. But yeah. that's a tight one, my man. That is a tight one where it's like when it comes down to the third attempt, if you're just on the line, you just need two judges to go the other way and one judge goes your way. Mm-hmm. And the difference between your second and your third, when you're in the 700s, probably isn't 15 pounds. So if the spread is only 15 pounds, yes, Jamar could end up out squatting Russell or vice versa. Like that's that's what makes squats so nerve wracking. It might not even be a strength issue. Sometimes it's yeah. just it's not even a strength issue. It's just you know perspective. You know when the squats are that close. Um, so squats yeah. are probably the hardest thing for me to watch. And commentate and make you at the edge of your seat when it's a close squat battle like that, you know? Yeah, uh, I think I think that's how it's going to be at, uh, at Raw Nationals in a couple of weeks. I feel like that it's going to be a squat battle between uh, between everybody, really. 
because I don't know. I don't know how. Um, I see Michael's training. Michael hit like I think he hit like six oh six or something the other day or something like that. I think I know. He, um, I know he hit five ninety five. Yeah, I saw the five ninety ninety five, which is yeah. Okay, it was five ninety. Okay, five ninety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but I just I don't know how it's how it's gonna how it's gonna. Be. I haven't hit like a real real heavy single. So I've been just trying to boost up my fives and my threes right now, trying to uh, keep up with Taylor's fives and threes, honestly, because I think where his train is going, I think I'm like two and a half keys, five keys behind when he hits for fives or threes right now. I forgot which one it is. I think it's fives, but I think I'm right behind. I'm trying to just stay on that path. Like I add five keys a week, I think. So this week I'll probably add like five or ten, maybe. I don't know, because last week's fives moves pretty good. So, um, <laughs> Isn't it? It's tempting, though. So, and that's the one thing when it comes to, like, uh, Instagram, social media, whatnot. You could start chasing guys and their numbers, right? And um, it gets tempting to be like, all right, I'm going to try to keep pace. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to get pulled out of pocket and start burning yourself out either. Because, like, how fives impact him might be different. How threes impact him might be different. Um, Like, how do you devise your programming? Like, do you just pick your numbers based off how you feel that day? Or how, how do you go about it? Uh, yeah, well, usually it's a, it's an RPE system, but uh, I go up every week on how I feel. Like if last week moved real good, I probably like I go up and I go up five keys most of the time. But if I'm feeling real good, I probably go up seven and a half. It just depends. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. Or, or if but so like if I if I eat before if, if I decide to eat before practice or not, you know something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and. Do you like who else do you think is who else is in the seventy four kilo battle? Um, is there anybody in the uh, for opens? I think it's gonna be me, Michael, uh, Cho, uh, Kim, Tran, and um, it's one other guy, the guy that squatted six hundred last. I forgot. I don't know his name. I'm not trying to disrespect him or anything. I just don't know his name. Yeah, because he just hit like he just hit something big the other day. Yeah, because like, I know there yes. was, I knew there was somebody I'm missing here, and uh, man, there's so many freaking weight classes that are stacked. Sometimes, hard, man, people are popping out of the woodwork out of everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, um, after yeah, you, they are. They're popping out of nowhere, dude. It's uh, after you hit the University World Cup, did you all of a sudden start noticing people following you, and you're popping up on people's radars yourself after that University Cup? Oh, oh yeah, like. After the University Cup, I got, like, almost 2,000 followers. Damn. Oh, See, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know when the IPF posted you um, and some people were commenting on it, I was like, holy shit, 20 years old? 737 and a half at 20 years old? I was like, uh, and I was, obviously, I was reposting, like, this this is like a star in the making type of quality. And, um, like, looking at that 737 and a half, and that was... When was that? Was that January? February? Yeah. What are you thinking would be realistic possible outcome um, looking into the Raw Nationals? Like, what do you think? Is there anybody who's going to press Taylor, do you think? Or or do you think it's like, all right, you're going to more defend silver or go after bronze, like podium it? Because um. Taylor's like, that's you guys are closing in. And at 20 years old, you hitting 737 and a half, it would not at all shock me to see you in the late 700s. Like, like I mean, I'd be shocked if you don't end up in the late 700s. At, at 20 years old, you're already doing 737 and a half. 
it's just a matter of time. Oh, right? yeah. You know what I mean? It's like one of those deals where, like, how quickly does, does the rest of the pack catch up? I think Ricky Cho was saying that as well when we had him on. They're like, look, it, I don't know if, if me and the juniors right now are going to be threatening Taylor, but um, at some point, you know, the, the games are coming quick for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think previous generations were 20 years old doing 737 and a half. In fact, I know it. You know, so... Yeah. <laughs> So, it, yeah, it, it came out of nowhere, man. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to hit that total, and I wasn't expecting like they. People were telling me the IPF officials were like, "Yeah, you would have got like second or third in uh, at the open in the open this year if you would have uh, listed in the open at IPF Open Worlds." I was like, "Yeah, oh, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that at all." I was like, oh, "I mean, it's yeah. not." You feel like, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, the the other guy though that I was talking about the competition was uh, his name is Zach, That's Zach right. uh, D D Costa D D D Costanzo. That's it. I remember <laughs> he, uh, being Zach. That's right. He's a flex. He's a flex guy. Flex guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a Joey Flex guy. Who does your program, yeah. by the way? Um, starting strength. So Joe Ping is dad. Oh no, kidding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He does my programming for me. Got you. And so yeah. far, so good. That's for sure. What, what you, oh, it's working. <laughs> it's working. It's definitely working. Um, what was the total that won the Junior Worlds in Sweden? Do you remember? Uh, it was 730, I think. Michael, I think Michael total 730. I think that's what it was. Got you. So are you look? Are you walking in there as, on the nominations? Are you in second behind Taylor? Yeah. Oh, wow. Damn, man. At 20, yeah. at 20, years, <laughs> 20 years old, too, man. So I guess, uh, and what do you think? Do you probably don't even necessarily want to say what you think the total is uh, that you're going to be posting up? Do you want? To keep oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, that's not that's not what I don't want to say. I just don't. I have no. I have no clue, honestly, because it's. I want to. I want to play a safe game because I know everybody's going to be so close. Like, yeah, everybody's going to be close. So it's like, I don't know exactly. I honestly, when it comes down to it, I think that. I think that somebody's going to miss their their last squat and someone's going to miss their last deadlift. And it's going to make, it's going to be a chain reaction. Like, a cause people are going to make jumps and what jumps they need to take and how many they need to take and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I feel like no one's going to total over. I don't think anybody in the other than Taylor will total over seven sixty five, seven sixty. 60. I don't think you know nobody will total over that. Cause it's going to come down to making smart jumps and someone's going to take a bigger jump than they need to. Or something like that. I think it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to miss who misses the least amount of lifts, not the most, not the total. And that's the thing when it's when when the race is this close, and this is as close a race mm-hmm. as you can ask for. Um, it literally is not missing. And if you miss, stay calm because it ain't over. Because more than likely, everyone else is going to miss at least one as well. Um, yeah. But it's 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 when you start getting a little greedy. And you start like, you know, you, you want to reach a little further and put a few more kilos onto your squat, a few more kilos onto yep. your bench, you know, and then more than likely it's going to come down to the last deadlift. Between the yeah, three- and I know some people, I know some people are worried about the uh, the equipment, the racks too, because someone told me that they were having ER racks, and a lot of some benchers don't do good on ER racks or something like that, like because I know because you know Michael's a technical bencher like that. And uh, who else? Somebody else I know in our S74 is, uh, has a real technical bench. So it's like using the ER racks. It's like, oh, well, it might throw me off a little bit because it doesn't have the same increments as a Leco or a 
whatever they've been training on. So I heard that too. But it, we, I train on both. So it's like I, I'm a simple minded guy, so it really doesn't matter with me. Dude, I'm it, like, as long as that, the weight's the weight, bro. <laughs> like, dude, I'm the same way. Like I can work out at a fucking commercial gym and not give yeah. a damn. Like it's all the same to me. Whether it's like a gym bench and I get on there and it's the ER rack or whatever rack it is, it is what it is, man. Gravity's gravity's yeah. gravity. Gravity's pretty damn consistent. So yeah, I just feel like it's it's gonna be a lot of. Some people say it's gonna be technical issues, but I I don't know. I just I go up there and I just lift it. I don't think about it as in the types of what everybody else is doing. I'm just thinking I'm worried about what I'm gonna do. Because just because he's gonna squat that, he's just say freaking um Cam. I talk to Cam all the time, so I'm gonna say his name. Uh, Tran, if he uh if he squat like six oh six, and I squat like what 595 or whatever 590 like i'm right underneath him i'm just gonna be like i mean okay he did that that's him he, that's great fantastic for him yeah but that's not that's not the end of the day yeah like i'm still i'm still gonna put up the same total i would have even if he wouldn't have hit that even if even if he wouldn't hit that 606 i'm still me so it's just i'll just keep stuff simple there's no point in like oh my gosh he hit that so now i'm behind no i don't feel like i'm behind he just gotta live so i mean do you, Simple. <laughs> do you do you even pay attention when the battle is still on, and um, and it's this close? Are you going to look up at the scoreboard, or are you just going to let your handlers do the thing, and you'll look up when it comes to deadlifts, and you start making yeah, I'll, decisions? I'll probably I'll probably look I'll probably look at it when it comes to like I might look at it when after the subtotals after bench, but other than that, I really don't care. I really don't even call my own numbers. My coach calls my numbers, so I don't even know what I hit. Like I didn't know what I squatted until. I think my first deadlift, like, no jam, really. Like I try to, like I try to just like I don't, I don't even focus on the plates when I walk it up to the platform. I just think in my head. I think about my cues and stuff like that. I just get everything right. I try to get high. Try to get my adrenaline flowing. And yeah. it's, like I don't really pay attention at all. Like, I don't know what numbers he called, except for bench. Bench was the only one last meet. That was the only time I knew what I was going to hit because I, I had a plan for bench, what I wanted to do. But other than that, I didn't know. Would, does it help if somebody tells you? this last deadlift is going to get you silver or this last deadlift is going to get you like that would, for me, that'll help. If, if it's, if nah. someone says no, you don't even want to know that. I don't want to know. I want to know what place I'm in. If it's like, if I, if I have to get, it. if you put it on the bar, that means, you knew I could get it. My, I, I believe that my coach will not put on what I can't get anytime. Like I just like that that deadlift. I was just nervous about it because I was like, I've never hit this much weight before. Because he had told he had told me that it was like a world record. So I'm like, well, dang! Like I know it's a whole bunch of weight because my total was way behind the world record in the first place. <laughs> you you were you, yeah. you were like, look at walking in this. I don't even know what the deadlift record was because I thought it was out of reach. My, your yeah. your, your second attempt was like 50 pounds below. That, that that that's a pretty crazy jump. So yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. You, you wouldn't even be that's. It says a lot when, you know, most people, when you're close to a record, you know the number and got it in the back of your head because you're close to the record. But when you don't know the number, it's because you're not that close to it. So you're not even yeah. thinking about it. We're not even worried about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do you think this battle is good? What did you think, too, about Ricky and Michael? Did you see the exchanges they were giving on social media? Yeah, I saw that. I was, <laughs> I was like, they just, just crazy, bro. I talked to, uh, I talked to Michael uh 
uh, a lot about it. And he's just like he just he just likes messing around with it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Cho, I don't know what Cho is. I try to talk to Cho every once in a while, but he don't mess with me like that, bro. I be trying to mess with Cho, but Cho don't mess with me, man. I'm like, dang. Everybody, all the other I try to talk to all the seventy four. I'm a cool person. This is it's the it's where I'm from. Southern hospitality. I just I like talking to everybody, bro. I don't I, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it looks bad or I, I don't care about what you did. What you did in the past meet is not the same thing you did in the meet that's gonna come. So I don't care. We still, I'm still gonna mess with you, talk to you, pick with you every once in a while. But yeah, yeah it was funny. It was funny what they were the, the, the stuff they were saying. That was real funny, dude. It was hilarious. Um, what did Ricky? Ricky posted. I think it was a picture of him petting an owl. And he, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. I remember that. And the expression, the expression on his face was priceless. It was he was just looking at it so gently, and then you read, <laughs> you read the, and he's petting it so gently, and then you read the caption. I feel like the owl is like my spirit animal because much like the owl, I devour small prey on the platform or something like that. It was pretty. Good. Yeah. And I don't know if he like tagged people or what, but did he tag? People? I can't even remember. I don't, I don't know if he tagged, but I saw it though in the group message i was in with uh was, with some people and then i was like i was like wait what, owl i was like out of all the stuff you say you say an owl it was, <laughs> it was i i like it because it was different than like a lion or something a lion yeah like, yeah could use that i think it was more funny because it was now i think he's trying to be funny right um but yeah but then michael hopped in there on the comments those those fellas they go back they're going back and forth but it's helped creating some hype I had them both on uh, the podcast, and Michael was saying how in Sweden, because they were talking trash back and forth leading into Sweden, and then they were both at the weigh-in, and they was like, oh, shit, there he is right there. And he said it was, <laughs> which is kind of awkward, right? Because you're both waiting to weigh in in the hallway whatnot, and you may or may not be like heavily dehydrated, and you know, Ricky cut some big weight. And um, mm-hmm. he's like, he was like, ah, it is what it was. Like, he said it wasn't awkward, nothing. It was all like... Just for fun anyways, right? But um, yeah. as soon as it was over, and obviously Michael wins, um, it picks right back up, man. Like like two weeks later, it was like nothing happened. It's like, all right, yeah. we're, we're going back at it. You know, back like, on it. I was like. Back on it. That's it. it yeah, it, I just I, I like I like to let them do their little thing. So I was like, when, like, when it comes down to everybody, I was like, oh, Michael. Oh, Cho. Oh, Michael and Cho. Austin sneaks right up. And we was like, wait, what, what happened? <laughs> What happened to this guy? Where did he come from? What? This is see. This is the thing. Um, do you take it as like you be like, hey man, how come you guys aren't shouting me out? Do you take it like, hey, you better, or, or are you like, I don't want to be shouted out. You guys do your thing. How do well, you? I, take- I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be shouted out by them. I just want. I had to go to that meet and like try to make a statement at the university cup, and I did. And everybody was like, oh wow, this kid. This is third round meet. He's getting serious. Yeah. He's like. He totaled seven thirty-seven and a half. Michael only totaled seven thirty. Cho only totaled seven hundred. Like this kid just came out of nowhere. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and are you thinking the U.S. Raw Nationals? So, in terms of the University Cup, I know a lot of people. You you jumped on everybody's radar. The U.S. Raw Nationals is probably going to be the biggest competition that everybody's watching. And now mm-hmm. that you're on people's radar, does it feel a little different? Or it's still kind of, like, it's interesting. Even though you had such a huge showing at the University um, at the university Cup, because Michael won in Sweden, and everyone saw the Michael-Ricky battle, and that was a really good show. Look, in terms of mm-hmm. sports, 
When it comes to sports, I want to see competitiveness. I want to see changing a momentum. This guy's winning. This guy comes back, starts winning. Oh, now this guy comes back. World records and everything. It had all the intangibles. It had the rivalry mm-hmm. with the background with them trash talking. So there's a bit of rivalry. All, all in good fun. Like they both like each other, but they're both like, you know, it had all those intangibles. So going to the U.S. Nationals, do you feel like there's now that because of what you did at the University Cup, there's more pressure to perform or do you feel like because of the back and forth that Ricky and Michael had, you're still able to be a favorite amongst them, but slip under the radar and not take as much heat and as much pressure? Or are yeah, you, I like that. You like that? Is, yeah, yeah I, I like that. that. I like I like that. I like to I like to be the underdog. Everybody's like, oh well, these two are they're Michael Michael and Cho. They are the best. But Austin is like, we don't know. He's only done a couple meets, a couple raw meets. We don't really know if he's just going to – I like being the underdog, the undercover type thing. So it's like no one – I bet if you ask anybody, they'll ask who's their favorite for the meet. They won't say me at all. They won't say that, oh, well, Austin Perkins, he's going to win. No one's going to say that. Everybody's going to be like either Taylor or they'll be like, oh, well, Cho – or be like, oh, Michael. No one no one really – it's like those are the top people right now that everybody's looking at. And it's like everybody else down there at the bottom. Like, that's just how it is. And it's like, well, that's fine with me. I've always been like that, though. I've always been at the bottom. And I like it down here because no one expects anything. No one expects anything from you when you're at the bottom, and then you surprise them. It, it does alleviate a lot of stress, pressure. and every, It's one of those train in the darkness, and then when you come mm-hmm. out, nobody knows where to attack. No one knows what to expect. You know, um, it does it alleviates that. And th- that's the yin and the yang when it comes to if you want exposure – and you want to like um, do back and forth on social media and everybody likes it and everyone's getting hyped up about it. The thing is, when it comes to the day, you got to be able to understand there's going to be a lot of pressure and there's going to be a lot of eyeballs and there's going to be a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of scrutiny. And then some people are watching because if you're like, um, for instance, Ricky, he's trolling, he's doing it in fun, but even though he's doing it in fun, there will be people who don't understand and are like, can't wait to see him lose, and that's why they're tuning in. You see that mm-hmm. boxing and MMA and stuff too, right? They're just watching, they can't wait for him to lose, and um, he'll have more people tuning in because of it, more people saying his name because of it, more people paying attention to his showdowns because of it. But then there's the flip side where like, you know, the week of, that's when the nervousness comes and, and the performance anxiety gets yep. in. So there's a bit of both, right? Like where there's positive and negatives. So there's a lot to be said for, hey, look it. Uh, I may not be in the limelight leading up to, but I also don't have the pressure leading up to, and I can, you're free to do your own thing. However, mm-hmm. however, after the U.S. Raw Nationals, if you put together a performance that shocks everybody, that might be out the window. And you might be on everybody's radar like an Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be on the radar, though, man. I can have the hype. I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it. I, don't, I can have all of it. I just want to live, and I just want to get as close to Taylor as I can. That's all I want. I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm worried about me. I just want to see how Taylor do. I've never seen Taylor in person. I've never met Taylor. I've never seen him lift in person. I just want to see him lift, honestly. And it's kind of, I don't want to say it's bad, but it's, it kind of sucks that I'm in. I'll be in prime time because I, I think it's top seven totals they put out. Yeah. So I have the I have the top the top seven totals. So I'll be in prime time with him. And it kind of sucks because I have to lift against him now and not watch him. Yeah, like I want to watch, but it's like dang. Like now, if I want to watch, it's like dang. Well, he's he's beating me probably right now. So it's like ah, oh, well, it kind of sucks a little bit. But I mean, yeah. it's still Taylor. He's my favorite lifter. It's like it's like it's like me meeting him is like freaking me meeting. 
Will Smith or something like that. Like he's Will up Smith. there, bro. He's up there on my list, bro. No People kidding. are like, I just want to shake his hand. He's, like he's. Uh, I mean, yeah, when you meet him, first off, he's a super nice guy. He'll be, you'll, you'll you know, some people you meet them and um, you just hope that they live up to where you put them in your mind's eye. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you meet them and they let you down. You're like, damn it, man, that guy was a bit of a douchebag. Or he just wasn't, you know, you just, you know, you look up to somebody and they say you should never meet somebody you look up to like that. You're going to meet Taylor and he's a nice guy. It is what it is. He's actually, you know, going into the worlds, he actually was getting into some trash talk with, um, Kajel from Norway, that battle did not end up being a battle battle like it could have been. But they were going back and forth a little bit. Like, I know Kajel was basically, he was looking at it like Ricky does. He was like, look it, I beat Taylor once before. I'm probably an underdog, or I know I'm an underdog, but he's like, I just want to make it interesting. And he did not have a good day. Like, he didn't have his best day. No, yeah, he didn't have a good day at all. That's the way the sports go, though. Like, some days are good and they go your way. Some days aren't so good. But um, I don't fault him for that. I think the day of, as soon as squat went down, he wasn't having a great day, and he kind of knew it, and he's like, eh, whatever. I tried to make it exciting. I tried to give people the showdown that people wanted. And I think Taylor appreciated it, too. Taylor's like, look, it, I know he's he's talking trash, trying to hype it and make people watch. But I don't know what it is with the 74s, man, but it's heating up. Not only do, like, because Taylor won the best lifter at the World Championships. Like, he's yeah, a, he did, yeah. a champion of champions, and, and he's a 74-kilo lifter. Like, the 74-kilo lifters previously, it was always, like, the 83s, 93s um, that everybody's talking about. I feel like 2019 is, like, 74-kilo classmate. Like, you can yeah. like, like I, it's probably to do with how dominant everybody is, but it's almost a shame you can only put together, send, like, two people ahead um, to the world championships. I guess. Yeah, that sucks, yeah. Would you choose, let's say, let's say it's you and Taylor – um, number one and number two. How it shakes up, whatever. Let's say number one, number two is you and Taylor. Would you choose to go in the open, or would you choose to go to the World Championships as a junior and let somebody else go in the open with Taylor? So there's like three people on the squad, maybe even four, so two juniors. How would you want to play that? Mm. That's a tough decision. That's, it's difficult, but I would because if it went, if they took one junior. And the way the junior has been playing out for 74s in America, it's like, I don't want to, I hate to say it, but it's like, it's been like a cakewalk. I'm not going to lie. Between the U.S. and other people in the 74s juniors, like, it's, it's usually, it's been, it's been a cakewalk for them, except for like, you know, last year, but it was because it was those two going against each other. Everybody else was like so far behind. Yeah. But like, with, with being in the open, though, it's like Taylor, but it's still competition in the open, though, you know? It's like, I'm 20 years old. And if I go lift in the open, it's like people, 30-year-old Taylor Atwood and 20, 21-year-old Austin Perkins. Like, come on. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the open. I'm be like, yeah, I just want to say. You know, you, there's nobody else probably going to be in the open that's 21 years old. Like. You're 100% right. Here's, like, uh, it's tough because it, this, is, this is kind of this decision you got to weigh and ask yourself. Do you add that IPF World Championship to your resume? Because you're only 20. And you got so much, mm-hmm. like, like you were going to be in the open. That's, you're going to, it's, it's going to happen. So you add it while you can, um, because while you're a junior, and then go in the open after you do that? Or do you say, nah, I'm going straight into the open because that's the one, like everybody, all eyeballs. You know, as much as people enjoyed the Michael C. Ricky Cho battle, eyeballs are all on the open. Yeah. You know? It's always, it's always eyeballs on the open. That's why, that's why I want to say the open, but, 
like you could say like okay well i'm a junior world champion and i'm open world champion if i went to the juniors first so i mean I know. it just depends it, it depends on what you have what you want to what you want to see yourself and like, what you want to call back on and say that you've done but like it's a, i don't know it's a I, I still probably do the open though you know really eh? is that because yeah. having did what you did at the university cup does it help having won that having that big performance it's an international competition so it's easier to bypass the juniors now like if that didn't happen if you didn't have that international exposure and have everyone talking like that um then would you maybe have gone to juniors like it, it certainly helped yeah I, I, would, I would have been i would have been for sure yeah, I would if I if I wouldn't have been able to go to the university cup and lifting the IPF meet, I probably would have yeah done the juniors then like because I mean I wouldn't have went to that meet and I wouldn't have did what I did so I would have need, needed another meet to you know do that. There's definitely a, a situation of having too much too soon. Like there is nothing like um, the IPF World Championships in the open. Like everybody and their mother watches that stream when you walk into there and Kathy, you know. Cause like when you're when you're in the when you're in the warm up room or you're in like the in the hall to weigh in and you're looking around and it's like everybody from all over the world that you see on the Instagram and you saw like on the oh, previous it's a different stage, feeling. It's crazy, man. Where you were like uh, like Kafui was like because uh, Kafui lifted the 83 kilo open right and he broke the open world record deadlift and um, he was like shit, man. I'm on the same warm up platform as Brett right over there as Russell. And like people are like walking around from like yeah. you get the tingles, man. Like it, it definitely helps to have a little exposure before that to help calm the nerves a little bit. Um, one hundred percent, especially if you're yeah. gonna be, especially if you're gonna be right thrown in the mix. How how quickly do you think you'll be able to catch up and start giving Taylor some pushes? I say give it. Honestly, I say give it a year. A year from this Raw Nationals. Yeah. Give it a year. Give it a year, and I feel like I'll – because I'll have better – I've had, like, a year and a little bit for my low bar stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll probably have better form on my bench, my deadlift. My deadlift form in practice and my deadlift form in the meet is, like, two totally different things. So, I don't know. So, that that's just going – that just comes to meet day. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like once I get more work on my, my – my, Squat form, I should be good, honestly. I feel like I get my squat up some more. My bench just progresses more. Deadlift will come. I feel like I wanted to, at this meet, to pull seven. I'm not going to lie. Uh, probably try to pull 700, but if, it, if it's close to it, I'm not going to try to pull it, of course, if it's close. But if it comes down to it and somehow everybody else has popped out and it's just and it's just me up there, I'll probably try to pull seven just because. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's – if it's or, I mean, maybe you got to load the bar for seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I, if I have to pull for the win, too, yeah, I'll, I'm going to pull it, though. If, if it comes down to the win, oh, I'm pulling it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, 700's going to fall. It's yeah, it's gonna get loaded. Um, and it, would it be disappointing if Taylor, because Taylor's flirted with the idea of moving to eighty three, mm-hmm. would it be disappointing to you if he left? Like, or is it because it's got to mean something to be going head to head with a guy like Taylor? Yeah, it, w- it would be disappointing to for it to happen. But at least I, I went against him. Oh, if he does, I hope he does it after next year's Raw Nationals. Because I feel like this year I'm not ready enough. Because it's my first row national, so it's like yeah, and I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's my fourth row meet, so it's like I'm still getting into the swing of things and stuff like that. Yeah. But next year it'll be like okay, yeah, like next year will be the year I feel like I can really give him like the competition he needs. Yeah, 
a good battle. You know what? Like, I think yeah. a lot of you guys are going to be ending up right up there. Like, all you guys are real close. Like, even Mike, like Michael mm-hmm. C's training has been going phenomenal as well. Um, Ricky's been going, like, all, I, I think um, Trans pulled 700, I think I've seen in, in the... Yeah, he's pulled, he's pulled, he's pulled in, in practice a lot of times. I think he pulled it twice or three times, something like that. I think all you guys, at some point, will be up there. Like, if you, if you all stay in the 74-kilo class... In the next two, three years, the 74-kilo class, when you're all in the open, it's going to be, like, by far the biggest, most competitive, as long as everybody stays in the 74. You know? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Kim's going to stay in the 74 is that long. My boy Big. I love that boy, but he's big. Kim, get it. He's big. Is he? How big he is he? Oh, I think he weighs, like, he has to be, like, almost 80 keys right now. He has oh. to be, like, between 78 and 80. He has to be. Oh, I can just tell, I can just tell the way, by the way he looks. He's 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 get he's big, bro. Whoa, man, that's a big cut. No wonder he's pulling seven hundred. Yeah, exactly. Wowzers! But yeah. he cuts it though. He cuts it and has good meats though. That's that's a, that's one thing about him though. That's why that's why I like him so much. The cuts he does are good cuts, and he keeps he keeps a lot of strength. He doesn't lose a lot of strength with it. It's a science, you know, cutting, cutting yeah. weight and doing that water weight thing. It's a science, and it's a massive. Like, look, at like, mass moves mass. There's a reason why there's weight classes. So when you're bigger, if you're, like, half a weight class bigger than everybody else, that helps, man. Like, it's, you know, it's a lot easier going against be, being the bigger person. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, somewhere down the line. So you're 20 years old now. When do you think you'll be hitting your peak? <laughs> I feel like there's no such thing. No such thing as a peak. Really? Yeah, because I look at um, – Oleg from Poland, that's the oh, equivalent to 74. Yeah. He's what, 40 years old? He's he actually, just, actually he, just, he keeps breaking records. Actually, he's 172. Did you know that? He's 172. That's fact. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. One, 172 years old. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's got, I think he's got the biggest dynasty in powerlifting history. I think it's oh. 18 straight uh, world championships he's won. Mm-hmm. 18. 18. 18. Wow. 18, let that let that kick in. My man was two years old when the guy started winning. Yeah. Like, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. I was, I was two, baby. You were, you were two, man. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how the 74-kilo class is like – the 74-kilo class has got the uh, – Taylor Atwood, who won best lifter in the uh, classic. It's got the biggest dynasty run in uh, Olek from uh, Poland and then and then you look in the US how competitive like the 74 kilo classes got to be the hottest one mm-hmm. I would absolutely love if Oleg just for one time came over to the classic but I don't know <laughs> I don't know if he ever did like I don't know if he even thinks about it but if he did, nah he probably doesn't think about it you don't think so no you, nah I don't think he thinks about it Kajel when I had Kajel on here um, leading into the Sweden, he was saying he wants to in the same year. Now we already know what happened in Sweden, but he said he his goal would be in the same year to beat Taylor Atwood, who obviously won Best Lifter, and then later on the same year beat Oleg and, and break that dynasty and be the guy to break the dynasty. And he was <laughs> Taylor though, like in the same year. And I was like, my friend, if you pull that off, but you're you're also an equipped guy. How close is what's Oleg's total in equipped? Oleg's total is like 900. Mine is like 812 or something like that. Jesus. Okay, well, <laughs> never mind then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, well, it's crazy. He squats, he squats 800. 
That doesn't even make sense, man. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. That's what I'm saying. Like the way the way he does in a suit is crazy. I don't know how he makes his suit work, but it's insane. And he gets he gets a lot out of the squat suit, ton. Like, what does he do? Do you know what he does? He post much any raw lifting? Like, do we have any idea what he's capable of doing raw? Nope, we have no idea. None. It's so crazy. He's such a fascinating man. Yeah, I mean, he was at uh, he was at the University Cup. And I didn't even get to speak to him. I was so mad. Yeah, no kidding. Does he yeah, speak I, does I didn't he, even get to say anything. Does he like what? He just was too busy, or no? He he was a he was a judge and he was doing uh, weigh-ins and everything. Okay. So I was, he was like every time I saw him, usually they're on the platform judging. He was doing weigh-ins, or I just he just wasn't around when I was around. Is he a big seventy-four kilo guy? Uh, yeah. He looks, I think so. He looks crazy jacked. Yeah, he's oh, well, he's short. So is he? he's shorter than me, actually. Is he? How tall yeah. do you think he is? Five two ish then? He's probably, he's probably like five two, five two and a half, maybe. When you yeah, see, he's real short. When you see pictures of him, I seen uh, pictures of him with his shirt off. The guy is absolutely jacked. Oh, he's jacked. He's jacked like what forty year old, fifty year old. He, he's, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm telling you, he's like 127. He he's 127 years old and he's been doing this forever i don't know but he's he's yeah it's just such a crazy dynasty the thing is to to do like 18 years in a row and never have an off day never have mm-hmm. an injury never have like he just consistently you know it's nuts man like i can't even wrap my head around never getting injured and, and having a bad day never having a bad weight cut never having bad temp selection like you just that's a crazy dynasty man yeah to keep that moving um, yeah that's crazy man it's 18 years of winning world championships nobody being able to touch you yeah oh no that's unthinkable yeah it is and, and is there anybody close to him even right now like could anybody give him a run for his money in the world oh well right now actually i just saw this he's going in his qualifying total is the second highest right now oh. maybe maybe he, just, maybe he just went into the meet and just like you know bs around i don't remember what the total was but yeah, he's going in second. Oh, snap. I don't know. Holy smokes, man. That'd be like watching Superman get beat up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. I was like, because at first I was, I just wanted, because I was supposed to, um, I got the invite to go to Open Worlds so or Equipped, but I declined it. And I was just trying to see what the uh, qualif- what the totals were, the, the, um, whatever, the, whatever they are. But um, I was trying to see what they were. And I was like, I was looking for Oleg's name. And I went down the first one. I was like, is Oleg not lifting? Because his <laughs> name would be like the first name on the list. You, you, and I you, went down and I was like, You go down oh. the list. You stop at one because he should be one. <laughs> yeah. You I stopped at one because he should be one. I was like, oh, that's not Oleg. That's, that's number one, like, not Oleg. And I was like, that's. Whoa, that is pretty crazy though. It's like um, we were talking, Caffey, the other day, but like when Serena Williams lost, um, mm-hmm. is a Canadian girl that beat her. And we're from Canada, and we, like, had mixed feelings about it because you're cheering for, obviously, a Canadian girl, Bianca. She beat Serena, so that's great. But at the same time, when you see someone lose who's, like, had such a dynasty, it's almost tough to watch. Like, it's good to have new blood and new name out there so people get interested again. But also, it's tough to watch, like, someone who's so dominant lose. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. I think, I think I think Serena's the, the best athlete in the world. Honestly, I think she's the number one athlete in the world. She played pregnant. Can you do that? Can you play pregnant? Holy, 
I can't play. I can't play pregnant. I, I, think, I think she's the greatest athlete in the world. Did she played pregnant. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know. She played, yes. I know she came back like not too long after pregnancy. I didn't realize she actually played while pregnant. That's like, yeah, because they, they tried to ban her because they said it was like cheating or whatever, something like that. She's it was cheating. like, like yeah, yeah, I was like, they're, like they're, they're pregnant. They're like, this isn't doubled. <laughs> There's two of There's two of like what the heck? This like, how pregnant was she? Like nine months? That'd be amazing. Oh no, I don't think she was no, like nine no, months. I, I think she was like four or five. Oh, if she was like eight months, that'd be a phenomenal. It must have been early in the pregnancy, but still, yeah, it was. It was early in the pregnancy. I was like, I was like, that's crazy. It was like, there's no a man can't can't play pregnant. They can't do anything pregnant. So she's the greatest athlete dude, ever. A dude gets a cold. And he's going to be on the couch bitching about it. A dude gets a flu. This woman's playing pregnant. That is pretty crazy. I, that just totally blows up her legacy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do you watch? What other sports do you watch? I watch football and basketball. That's really it. Yeah, that's pretty. That's Especially in the South, you got to be football, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How, big, how big is football in the South? It is. It is oh, like, huge. It's huge in the South. Like it's it like your college games. How many people show up to your college games? A lot. Uh, I, I went to Mississippi State my freshman year. I think I don't even know. It was like the stadium would be packed every game. It wouldn't even be a good game just for no reason. It'd be like we'll play like I don't know, like South Florida or something, and it'll be packed. I'm yeah. like. And you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people who don't even get in the stadium. They just chill outside and party and hang out. And oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. People, it's people. It's the fact the stadium is filled, then there's people filled around the stadium. Yeah. Like it's surrounded with like three times as many people. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I was um, I was actually in Jackson, Mississippi. I was in uh, Alabama. Um, I forget whereabouts, but I was um, – because I, I was on a reality TV show for a season. So we were like floating all around North America shooting. And we were, I was talking to some people, maybe it was Alabama, but maybe it was Mississippi. I can't remember. About football down there. And you know how Alabama's got two college teams, right? And they mm-hmm. said, it is like on a Sunday, your families, like if your great grandfather cheered for a, a certain, like one of the universities, so does your dad. So do you, and you don't. Yeah. Cross, you don't cross, and then you don't cross. No hell, no. Yeah, that's 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 lenient. Oh, right? you don't do that. You don't do that. You will be you will be kicked out of your family <laughs> if you do that. Uh, and on Sunday, every or whenever the games is it Sunday, you guys play. As well? It's Saturday. Saturday college football. Saturday college, college football. College football okay. Saturday. Yeah, that's right. And on Saturday, everybody, you don't miss a game, and you damn, you sure as shit don't invite a friend over who's cheering for the other team. Like that's just the oh line, yeah, the line. It's just like it's, it, yeah, Mississippi is Mississippi State and it's Ole Miss. Those are the two teams, and my mom hates Ole Miss. <laughs> she hates them. That's why I'm a Mississippi State fan. I was born that way. Like if you, if you even say Ole Miss on Saturday, it's like get out, like leave. Get up, get like, up. She hates it. Like, you, she hates them. If you came home with an Ole Miss t-shirt, what would happen? Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to come in. It's like she smelled <laughs> on me before I touched the door handle. She oh, would. no. I can't, I can't wear Ole oh, No, I can't do Ole Miss. I can't step foot on that campus. This is bad. Really? This is terrible. <laughs> it's like the rivalry is that bad in Mississippi. Like, it's either you like Ole Miss, you like Mississippi State. And are they close in terms of, like, ranking? Are they good games and whatnot? Oh, yeah, they're always good games. They have a bowl game. I think it's the Cotton Bowl or something like that every year. Isn't it something like that? Yeah. Because I remember Alabama at one point was number one and number two. 
And um, so they were super tight rivals, too. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like one team was always winning. It was like a back-and-forth battle. This is like 2000. Yeah, Uni- University of Alabama. And you're talking about Auburn, I think. Auburn. Yeah, right. you, yeah, Uni- yeah, University of Alabama is like the best college team always every year. We don't know, don't know how they get so good. They get all the best recruits. Don't know how, yeah. but they get everybody. And you guys, uh, so, so like that, and this is another thing that I couldn't wrap my head around too, but um, in the South, and I don't know if it's the same in Mississippi, is the college ball bigger than NFL to them? Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no NFL team in Mississippi, but and or in Alabama, but yeah, college football is bigger than NFL in the South. Like That's even, how it is. In terms of watching it, even in terms of watching on TV, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, don't don't like it's college ball to you guys is more important than the NFL. Mm-hmm. It is. Is that crazy, eh? And do the do the players get paid a lot of money, or no? No, play, players don't get paid at all. You can't get just, paid. Just the coaches. So that's the controversy. just the coaches. That's the controversy because the coaches can literally make like can't the coaches be like rock stars? They make like millions. Oh yeah, the the coach for Alabama, University of Alabama, has like a mansion. Like it's huge. I forgot how much does uh how much does he get paid? Like, they're millionaires. They, they, like they, almost they, millions. Yeah. yeah, like close to millions. And that's the controversy where, like, the players, they can literally stack a stadium, sell, like, so many jerseys. It's like a ma- it's a franchise of some sports teams mm-hmm. and professional leagues would love to have. And these guys don't make a dime. Yeah, players don't make a dime. They can sell the jerseys with their names on the back, yeah. do all this other stuff, and Ex- they don't make any, any money. Especially with, like, what we know with head injuries and everything like that. Um, like, man, it's, a, it's that's a tough one to swallow. When, like, these dudes are getting hit like they're getting hit, you know? Um, just, yeah, the Alabama coach makes $8.3 million. Oh, man. <laughs> man. And those dudes don't make a dime. That's crazy, man. Players don't make a dime. Like, that's robbery, man. Yeah. There's no way that should be able to happen. Like, these guys generate so much cash flow for the... For they're, the they're, they're lying when they say it's amateur sport. They're lying. There's too much money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're just basically, they're, the only reason why they're doing that is just to, like, retain profits. Yeah, and these players are going to school to play. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, a lot of these shows. <laughs> do you watch um, Last Chance U on Netflix? I used to, yeah, yeah. I watched it on Netflix. That was, it was some schools from Mississippi on the first season, actually. Was it? See, I watched a little bit. I didn't watch, it, like, a whole heck of a lot. But, um, yeah, there was, there's literally dudes who are, they're at school to play football. And if it doesn't make it, if you don't make it to the NFL, like freak me, mm-hmm. you get banged up for for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, there's there's some like football is a life altering sport. It's you a know, high opportunity, guys. It's it's high risk, high reward. Yeah, yeah. Like how many dudes? How many dudes from like Mississippi and Alabama make it to the NFL? Like off <laughs> off a year. Well, we, we just had we just had one. I think it's like maybe five to. Eight, maybe from Mississippi. I don't know about Alabama, but we just had. I know we had one person, uh, DK. I played against him. He just, he played for Ole Miss, and then he plays for somewhere now. I don't know where. He plays in the NFL. Back half, huh? Back half. Yeah, my brother went to middle school. You played against him? Yeah, DK. I played against DK in high school. Dude, how did you be? So you were five four, one hundred and sixty pounds playing football. Dude, you must have been athletic as hell. Yeah, I was I was a running back. I could have I could have played, but I didn't I didn't love it. I was I was gonna quit my senior year actually, but my dad was like, "Stay because we're gonna win a state championship this year." And I stayed. and We ended up winning a state championship. We did. I don't know how we knew, but we won. Okay. But I was gonna quit. Like I was gonna be like, 
I don't want to do. I just didn't. I, I love powerlifting more. How so big, I was like, how big is winning state championship of football in the South? Oh, real big. Yeah. You tell somebody that, and they're like, you won state, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you. If, if, if you, I was at my place, I would show you guys the ring. It's a huge ring. It's like literally like that big. Like it's huge. And is it like um because. We so we don't get a sense like up here in Canada it's not quite the same even like other states from state to state it feels like the U.S. has certain sports to get into like there's some mm-hmm. they're like wrestling did you ever wrestle as well? No, I did my ninth grade year. That's the only year I did. So yeah, that, I didn't like it and I couldn't do it. No, there's too certain, much movement. <laughs> too much movement because <laughs> there's certain states that are like wrestling states and they'll pack a stadium mm-hmm. with like high school state wrestling. Yeah, yeah there, but uh, in the South, for sure, it's football. But, uh, yeah, we can't fully appreciate just how big football is in the South. Like, if you won, uh, what's that one movie? Was it Friday Night Lights? Yeah, Friday Night Lights. Is it like that down there in terms of, like, like you, if you walk in? Oh, it's bigger. Oh, damn. It's, yeah, that's, that's an understatement. It's not like that. In the South, it's, like, huge. I remember my senior year, uh, we had the first opening game. And it was like, I think it was on ESPN, actually. It was packed. Oh, man. <laughs> That's cool. Our high school stadium, was, I've never seen that stadium that full. Wow. And, and what's, what's, what do you feel like performing in an atmosphere like that? It's like, it's unreal. I'm, it's just like, everything is like, it's so many people there. But when you're on the field, it's quiet. Like, it's like you fo- you're focused on everything on the field. It's crazy, though. It's like you get out when you get off the field, you can hear everything. Everything's behind you. You can every, hear everybody and everything. But when you're on the field, it's nothing. It's like crazy. How does that? Is it just because you're fo- you're hyper focused? Because you're you're hyper focused when you're out there. You're like constantly in danger. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you have <laughs> you have giants who want to take your head off. You better hyper yeah. focus. I'm I'm five four years old. I'm five five. I'm five four height and I weigh what 150 something pounds oh, and this freaking God. guy that's like 6'2 freaking yeah. 300 pounds gonna try to knock my head off yeah. yeah it's crazy dude I can't believe you made the team like that that's like a Rudy story man like, yeah like how did you what, what was your coach like when you were trying out and everything oh well I didn't I was it wasn't like football was like you don't have to you don't try out really it's like you probably do, like, when you're in middle school, but after that, it's like you just always practice. So it's like you go up and it's like, oh, you played football last year, so we're going to move you up this year and move you up this year and move okay. you up this year. But, like, coaching-wise, it's like they're always aggressive. Like, it's just different. Power, powerlifting coach and football coach is totally different. My it, powerlifting coach is nice yeah. compared to my football coach. <laughs> like, <if, laughs> like, football coaches, what I picture, like, movies and shows, there's, like, yelling and there's, like, you know. Oh, yeah, it's definitely like that. Is it? Cursing at you. Last Chance You, their coaches is like that. It's like that for everybody in football. Yeah. yeah, it's aggressive. And how much does it – here's something that other sports will teach you. Um, like, Kathy comes from – like, he played uh, soccer before. And something that, like, sports, when there's a season, will teach you is, like, A, upsets happen all the time. And, like, the number mm-hmm. one team can lose to a middle-of-the-pack team any given day, and you see it, and you've been involved in those kind of upsets all the time. B – you don't get married to the outcome because you play far more often in other sports. Um, yeah. So a loss isn't the end of the world. You can win your very next game. You know, like so it's it's a little different when you come from that. And um, also in terms of dealing with pressure and a lot of people watching, like you said, how many people in terms of the South care about football, winning state championship, in terms of dealing with pressure? Like, do you think that helped? Like walking into this nationals. 
and a lot of people are going to watch the Nationals. What do you think is more hype and more pressure on you? Being a part of a football team when there's like a, like 30 other dudes or going into the U.S. Nationals when it's powerlifting? I think it's – I think honestly I get – I would probably be more nervous on a football field than powerlifting because I'm used to it now. It's like I've been, I've been around that way. Every, everything's on you. So it's like – when when it's like on the football team, it's like oh, well, everybody's held accountable. But you can't, I can't do everything on the yeah. football field. Like yeah. what that person does affects the whole team. Yeah. But in powerlifting, it doesn't make me as nervous because so if I mess up on the football field, it's gonna affect everything. Ah, that's true too. But in powerlifting, and powerlifting is just me, so I can control what I do. So it's not anybody else's fault on the platform. So it's like I it doesn't make me nervous because I have control over everything. It's not like what other other person does has affects me. So it's like. When you're finna get tackled in football, dang, this person just tackled me before I made a touchdown. And powerlifting is like, well, I know I just have to squat this. Like, yeah. it's me. I do it. That's true. You know what? Because I thought for a second there with football, because there's like so many people involved. If you lose, you all lose. So you're not getting singled out. But I mm-hmm. guess I guess if you lose and you feel like you had a key moment that you that was you, you'd be like, Damn, I didn't just let myself down. You let the team down. I left the team down, and that's a lot harder, isn't it? And then you have the whole freaking stadium, and everybody who's involved be like, Damn, did you see that guy, Mr. Yeah, it's like everybody's like, Damn, did you see that one guy? It's like, Oh, you're that one guy that messed up. You become that one guy. (laughs) I didn't even think about it that way. Um, Yeah, so do you think that, that, like, helped prep you in terms of mentally? Dealing with like mm-hmm. anxiety and dealing with the pressure of performing, walking in here knowing like it's it's a huge it's a huge part of the game. Yeah, and then I think it, I think it helped a lot though playing a like playing a team sport because some people just powerlifted and that's it like they didn't do anything else so they don't know about like how other stuff feels. But like I feel like it helped a lot that I played other team sports so it's like well I know what I it was me that I have to do this instead of like it being everybody else. Like I have control over myself when it's not, it's, it's different. It's a lot different. Mm-hmm. And I, you- but I think it's a good thing though. I think people, I think more people should try more stuff. Like if you start powerlifting young, like me and Shane did, Shane played football. So he understands he's like me, Shane does. He's, he does the same thing. He know we, we react the same to stuff because we've been through the, the same stuff. You know, did you know that there's actually in schools now, they want you to do uh, multiple sports and they think, they used to think if you're doing football, do football training all year round if possible, even out of season. Or if you do hockey, mm-hmm. or soccer, they want you to do that training all year round if possible. Now they're starting to think that's not the way to go because you have mental fatigue, you, you do over-focus on things and it starts backfiring. Yeah. They're actually starting to tell athletes to become more multi-sport athletes in your off-season and it actually helps your primary sport. It does help, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're starting to say that. Uh, so that's why that's why I ran, like, when I played football, I also ran track to help with my speed for football mm. and stuff like that. And I was going to play soccer to help with the, you know, stamina part of running around and not getting tired and stuff like that, but yeah. I can't do that. That's too much running. But... <laughs> But the track, though, was like, it just helped build speed for football. So I think it was a good thing that I had that. What track to, did, you, did you do? Uh, I did. I ran the 100 and the 4 by one No shit. What was your 100 time? I have no idea. It was trash, though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, well, it was trash compared. My dad's a track coach. He's like the number one track coach in Mississippi. Like, he's won, I think, eight state championships in a row, I think. No pressure. Did he want you to do track then? Oh yeah, he did. He didn't want me to run track, but I just wasn't good at it. It's but, 
Like, what's the ideal body for track? Is there an ideal body for the 100? Uh, I, I think it's like a slim type, a slim, like six foot, six two, six three, but like not a whole lot of muscle, you know, just like, yeah. I don't want to say skinny, but like toned. Are you? That's like. Yeah, like lean muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, both. Are you into watching like um, the Olympics and watching track and stuff like that? Yeah, I do. I do watch track. Well, I, I used to watch it with my dad all the time, actually. I guess so. Yeah, he was like a track guy. He's yeah. probably cra- like he must be super into watching like Usain Bolt and those fellas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the number one guy in the world right now? It's an American, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's Justin Gatlin or uh, somebody. Just- I forgot who else it is. I forgot what his name is. Yeah, somebody- Christian Coleman, something like that. I think it's Christian Coleman. Yeah, somebody. I think an American just beat because for a while there, Jamaica was running it. And then, uh, mm-hmm. no pun, no pun You're saying retired. Then you saying, because you saying lost to Gatlin. Yep. Finally, you saying finally lost. And some people are like, damn, man, you should have, like, checked out at the last Olympics and just left it at that. But he came yeah, he back. should have. He came back and he lost to Gatlin. And then, and Gatlin was getting a gold, man. For, for a track runner to be in his late 30s, and Gatlin was jacked. Oh, he's jacked. He's jacked, jacked. He's also, he popped hot for PEDs, but uh, it is what it is. I think most of the <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, yeah, he was crazy jacked. Um, and then we had our guy, uh, Andre DeGrasse, who, who I think he got a bronze at the Olympics. And he's gotten, like, he's, he's good, but he's like, we got high hopes for him, but I don't know if he's ever going to make the number one spot. He's a little bit skinnier, but... Um, yeah. Doesn't sound like high hopes. You don't think it's going well, to be Well, at one point, here's, here's the thing. Like, he won a bronze at the Olympics, and we we're all super high on him. Yeah. And, um, I mean, he, he had, in this heat too, him and Usain Bolt went toe-to-toe, and um, he gave Bolt a crazy run for his money. And Usain Bolt was like, dude, it's almost like an unspoken rule. You don't go all out until the finals because you're going to gas out. A lot of the training yeah. is a lot like powerlifting where you don't – it's like RPE. Right, and it's almost an unspoken rule between the big guns in terms of one hundred meter. Let we'll go all out in the in the final, but don't push, don't rev that engine too hard in the semis and the quarters. In the final, mm-hmm. final eight guys, then we go one hundred. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, when um, and everyone knew that. So when DeGrasse was in the semis against Bolt, he DeGrasse said he knew what time it was. That's the way it was. And when he saw Bolt to his left. He's like, oh shit, or sorry, it's was right. He's like, we're gonna go. Like he knew, right. he's like, I can't help it. Like I'm, I'm too excited. It's the Olympics, yeah. and he took off and he pushed Bolt, and Bolt went way harder than he thought he had to, and then he yeah. lost the finish line. When the reporters were asking Bolt how he felt about it, he's like, it ain't cool, man. Like that's that's like the unspoken rule, man. You're not supposed to like now. Me and him are both gonna be tired as hell when we go against Gatlin. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he's a young man. You gotta check your ego and look at the bigger picture. And that, but the, on the same time, DeGrasse is like, "That's cool. Take an L against me in the semis. Then you also ran with your ego. You know what That's I mean? A good point. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, "Hey, look it. You can take an L against me. Then just don't conserve your energy." And then obviously, Bolt's like, "I'm not taking an L against you, young man. You just want to <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Bolt is like, "I know what you're trying to do." Was it part of part of his hype though? He he had been sprinting for too long before that. But. Uh, DeGrasse? Yeah. Isn't he pretty new into it? I think he was fairly fresh. He had like an unorthodox style. Uh, your dad would probably say he ran like technically speaking. Look at me. You don't think running is that technical, but probably people. Think, oh, 
it's technical. technical. Yeah. And, um, I mean, people, it's as technical as like when you're in powerlifting, a bench press. If you're mm-hmm. not, if you're not in powerlifting, you're like, how technical is a bench press? And we would be like, are you fucking kidding me? But you know what I mean? Like how technical, yeah. is a, how technical is a deadlift? You lift weight off the ground for us. It, we could analyze video and write, write like, you know, blogs. And I, 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 I could write a whole 10 page paper on deadlift. Yeah. Whereas it's the same thing with running where you're like, how technical is running? It's like, are you kidding me? Like just coming out of the blocks, you could write 10 pages and then the truth. Where you need, where you need to have your hands at when you're running, how far you need to have them, air to pocket, how you're supposed to hold your foot. I know everything. My dad told me everything. It's, it's so much stuff. It's crazy. It's, Man, I struggled with blocks in high school. Oh, it did you run track too? I did. It took me a while to like be efficient with it. It's crazy. Um, I read, do you know Michael Johnson? Uh-huh. Not personally, but he he won um, the 200 meter in the Olympics and the 400 meter, and then uh, he was around the late 90s when David, uh, sorry, uh, Donovan Bailey from Canada won the 100 meter, and Donovan Bailey won the world championships. He won the Olympic gold medal and he held the 100 meter uh, world record. So he had the trifecta, the triple crown. So normally. That you call whoever wins the 100 meter, you call him the world's fastest man. That's just the way. It mm-hmm. That's that's just fact. And then uh, the American media was really high on Michael Johnson because he won the 200 meter, he won the 400 meter, he held both records, and he was like also setting on precedents because not many people or if nobody had done what he had done, breaking those at the same time. And then they started breaking out their calculators, saying at his peak. I think he was running at a faster clip than Donovan Bailey. And then Donovan Bailey's like, hold up, man. I only got 100 meters to hit my peak time. So they were, everyone's breaking up their calculators saying, who's, yeah. the, who's the world's fastest man? And then for the first time in history, some millionaires got together. And I don't know, like in Toronto, we got the Sky Dome. It's now called the Rogers Center. They call it the million dollar race. And they said, we want Donovan Bailey and Michael Johnson to race against each other at 150 meters to see who's the world's fastest man. And if you're like a, a racing nut, I bet your dad was probably losing his mind at the time. This is like late 90s. So yeah. you wouldn't even, man, I don't even think you were born yet. No, I probably wasn't born, yeah. <laughs> but they call it the million dollar race. So, so this, this like never happened before and it never happened since. Where they took the 100 meter champion and the 200 meter champion, one guy's from Canada, one guy's from the U.S., and they ran at 150 meters, and um, and it was like a million dollars on the line, and this this was gonna last like 15 seconds, man. People are like, how are you gonna hold an event and the match lasts 15? This is like a football game. 15 like, seconds. 15 seconds, my man. Like this isn't like a football match lasts three hours, like a boxing match that goes 12 rounds. Yeah, this you is, blink, it's over. This is yeah, if you blink, it's over. It's like, oh, done. <laughs> 15 seconds, man. Um, so, anyways, I read Michael oh, Michael Johnson's autobiography, and um, he's that's the reason why, like, I'm I know about how technical he's like, even. If you raised your head out of the blocks too early, it's yeah. in, in 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 sub ten seconds, it's already over. That one error cost you. Like there's shit like that. That's like it's so technical that people don't even understand. So when he's he was talking about his autobiography, where he came up to Canada and he when they were negotiating, he's like, I don't know if I want to do it in Toronto because obviously that's home court advantage for Donovan. I would like to be somewhere in the U.S. if possible, you know. And they were like, look it. 
Canadians are friendly. Don't worry about it. They'll treat you good, whatever. And it's like, there's no such thing as home court advantage. If it's Canada, they'll be nice to you, whatever. And he's like, all right, all right. He goes, man, I got off the airport and I had people like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, what happened to these friendly, like, what happened to these friendly Canadians? But they were like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I guess, um, people explain to him, like, look at, when you're on the Olympic team, it's kind of like the, what you're facing with the uh, in powerlifting with the American team. Where mm-hmm. it's, it's so competitive. You have so many stars that um, like to, like one world champion from the U.S., one Olympic champion from the U.S. It's almost a dime a dozen. It's almost like um, it's it's the yin and the yang to it. It's the gift and the curse to it where there's a lot of push behind the sports, but there's so many world champions coming out of the U S it doesn't necessarily make you stand apart being a world champion, which is crazy to say, but there's, yeah. so, there's so many. Whereas in Canada, uh, in terms of Olympic champions, they had Donovan Bailey. So you were going against Canada's son. You know yeah. I mean? We're You're going against the golden child. You were, that, that was it. That was it. He was the golden child. He was on every single commercial. He was on every. He was doing tours of universities, talking like so. It was it was a, a huge uber deal. And Michael Johnson talked about. It. He's like, I was not prepared for that. He's like, Canadians are super friendly. Normally, they were so yeah. hostile. they were so hostile to me. It's like if you picture the quarterback for the football team and some guy was talking trash about him. It's the equivalent of that in the South. If some situation like that where like you were saying your mom wouldn't let you in the door wearing the wrong t shirt. That's what it yeah. was with Donovan Bailey. So, I don't know, man. It was 15 seconds. Um, Michael Johnson pulled a hamstring after like six seconds. Oh. It, it was, oh, oh man. dude. Look at If 15 seconds, because there's 150 meter. If 15 seconds wasn't going to be a great show, dude pulled a hamstring and didn't finish. So, it was so anticlimactic. Donovan Bailey won. But I mean, he's got a buzzkill, dude. It was a buzzkill. <laughs> he won like made like a million dollars in like ten seconds worth of work. But never again was it going to happen again because people are like, I tuned in for that. You know what I mean? Like that killed it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I been, that's, that's, like, that's like everybody talking about a fight, and then person gets knocked out first punch of the fight. Or like, a, oh my god! Even worse, at least a punch would be conclusive. Even worse, it's a big match. And there's an accidental, like he pulled a hamstring and a punch doesn't end the fight. They call it because he has a hamstring pull. And like, yeah. God, after one round, they, God damn. You know, that's where um, the balance in terms of powerlifting, we're talking about super competitions and super meets and putting it together where like there's money on the line and doing like either Wilkes points or IPF points. Mm-hmm. You, you want to trim the fat, but at the same time, you don't want to cut too many guys out because you have the odd guy who does the Hail Mary pass, comes out of nowhere. Or you have somebody who messes up. Another person plays a tight game, and all of a sudden, you know, so it's tough, man, when you try to size it down. You know, um, there comes a moment of like prime time where you want prime time, but where do you drop it off? I think seven, yeah. I think seven's probably good. Yeah, seven's good. I was, I was trying to, me and, um, me and Tran were talking about it, and we were trying to figure out before it was like, I think it was like two days before they even released it, we were like, dang, who's going to be in prime time? Who's going to make it? And so we were like, well, we know it's going to be Taylor, of course, and we got Michael, and we got Richard, and then we have me, and then we have him, because this total is like 7.30, I think. I think it's only like 7.20 or something like that. crazy, but yeah. Yeah, so, and then we were like, dang, who else? And then we finally got it, it was seven, and we were like, dang. I know you know who Gage is. Do you know Gage Carrion? Yeah, I probably know him by his Instagram, though. 
Yeah, his name is Gay Jaja, something like that. Okay, but he's always he's always somebody you never post him or whatever. He was like, I don't want to be posted by King of Lips anyway. Yada yada yada. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> oh man, listen. As soon as this is he over, is Commander Gage. <clears throat> send me his biggest lift. I'll repost it as soon as this is over. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> we'll fill in the we'll But yeah, he um. So we we thought he was gonna be in it because, but he. Is, he's not going to be in it. I wanted. I wanted to lift against Nico Flores too. It's it's, but, it's tough, man, because the, the like the, the drawback is if you don't make the prime time and you lift earlier in the day, everybody knows what they have to lift to beat your total. Like it's it's tough, you know. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, very rarely, but sometimes it happens. You'll have a guy like I think Char- Charlie Dixon. I think Chance Mitchell. At one point, we're not in the prime time, and they posted some big totals just because the qualifying numbers, you know, they had progressed so much from the qualifying numbers. But then yeah. you're, you're, but then you're too, you, you don't, you're kind of guessing the total you need. You know, your your day is finished, and everybody else knows what they have to pull to beat you. Yeah, that's 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 one. So that's why they had uh, they had prime time at collegiate nationals, and our coach told us that was allowed. I was like, well, that's not really fair for college athletes because it's like. They can go in like because I, I the first year I did collegians, I was the, they only took two seventy fours and I was the third one, Ooh. and I'm like oh my gosh! So now they knew what they all they all they had to do was hit with what but what more than I hit with two and a half keys more. Yeah, I'm like that sucks. Or, or even, like or even a chip if it's a world record. Yeah, or something, you know, and like, chip if it's yeah. That's, that's I was like that's crazy. But they took that out. But it's my first time being in prime time, so it's like I mean. It is an advantage for, like, me. So it's like, since Nico and Gage aren't going to be in it, I know what they're going to hit. And so, like, oh, well. And my head, before I lift, is like, oh, I can just hit this squat, this bench, and this deadlift and be fine. Yeah. And just get – and I think I think it's only three other people that's in the juniors. I think me, uh, Tran, and I think Pug signed up for juniors, I think. Yeah. So. Because Michael – yeah, I forget. You were with the Michael interview – but I think he's done with uh, Junius now, or maybe he, yeah. Or I think Ricky's real close too, though. No, Rick, Ricky's done with the Juniors, but I think you can still lift in the Juniors USAPL because USAPL Juniors is That's like yeah. yeah, it's it's a different it's a different age group. Yeah, it's like so a, so they they so they can lift in it, but they won't get the spot. They won't get the invite to uh, IPF Worlds. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of, uh, I mean, I guess the national title's big. You yeah, know, just get it. I mean, I guess yeah. You do it for the national title, knowing that you're not moving forward though, kind of sucks. But it is what it is. But you might not even move forward as a junior, anyways. I mean, maybe you just got to think about it when it comes, right? But yeah, it is a tough decision. Yeah, but yeah, it's like like, but we were just trying to figure out who was going to be in it, and it's like it sucks though. The prime time, you you know, you get to lift against people that you wanted to lift against because I really want to lift against Nico. I love Nico. I love how his energy and stuff like that and. <laughs> But it sucks, though. I mean, they'll have their day. How old? Those are young guys, too, though, right? Yeah, they're junior. Yeah, they're juniors too. The only thing is to tell you what, man. Juniors is not getting any less competitive anytime soon, though. That's the tough. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's that's the, that's the thing. Though, yeah, they're not, they're not gonna get any like less competitive anytime soon. Because I saw like I saw y'all repost that one kid that's like a team three or team two, and he's quite like. I was like, I've never even heard of this kid. I was like, where did he come from, my man? I, I look at. I, that's why I'm telling you, send me that video as soon as we're done because people send me videos. Like, I can't be everywhere and know everybody. It's tough, right? Yeah. What, what helps me is 
because I do the commentary for the IPF world. So I see like juniors, I see sub juniors. I visually see them live and, mm-hmm. um, and see the whole session. So it's like a good scouting for me to understand who's who and, and see what's coming up from all over the world. So that helps. Um, but there's the world's a big place and people come out of nowhere and you know, some people don't even get to worlds. It doesn't mean they're not world class. It's just the way it works. The nation can only send one to two people. So it's tough to know everybody. So I rely on people sending me video, not even people sending their own videos. People will scout for me and be like, have you seen this guy yet? Have you seen this guy yet? You know what I mean? And it helps. The only, the flip side is, um, my inbox gets flooded and, um, uh, So you get like, and, and it's, if someone's not, if you're not following someone, they get dumped into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the request folder. So then it's like, uh, it's tough. Like, I'm not trying to, like, I mean, it would, it takes a long time to go through everything, right? It's not necessarily feasible. Mm-hmm. If you shoot me something, I'll see it to you because I follow you anyway. So then I'll get a good scout. Yeah, like, oh, yeah I, I, I sent it to you uh, just now. You'll, you'll see it. Yeah, but he like. He's a he's a really good he's a really good lifter, but he he didn't make his qualifying total. I think he totaled six eighty eight. So it's it's not yeah. So but yeah, I mean some people just don't have good meets, but have great training. And yeah, and they can make huge jumps and come out of nowhere, and they're like, damn. It's, yeah, but I think it happens where sometimes someone's not on prime time and they end up on the podium even. Weird yeah, that's yeah, that's that's how it was. Yeah, that's how it was for me at the collegians. I still got second, even though it was two other guys in front of me. I still got second. Damn, so see, there you go. Sometimes, like, you, know, you never know what could happen. Somebody could have a bad day and hurt themselves, pull out. Somebody hurt themselves. Somebody bombed out. I don't see a lot of raw people bombing out, though. It's cool. It's weird. It's different from equipped. It's, uh, so, yeah, 100%. There's less variables for sure, unless somebody gets hurt yeah. or, or has a bad weight cut. The big thing, one thing that might help, you know how you were saying stay in the pocket, lift what you're going to lift. If you're earlier in the day and you just stay in the pocket and you go nine for nine, you lift what you're going to lift, then everybody in the prime time are pushing each other so hard. You see what he mm-hmm. did. You see his third squat. You think you have to go two and a half kilo more and you guys start missing lifts. Um, that, sometimes it works. You know, sometimes it works. Yeah. You're, forced, you're forced to stay in the pocket because that's all you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. All you can do is just hope for the, hope for the best. That's it, buddy. But I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it though. I can't wait. It's my first road nationals. Excited, dog. I'm excited. For get the, get the lift. Get the lift against all the good seventy fours. Get to see all the people lift. I'm gonna stay and hang out with A seven at the booth most of the time. Get to see Russell lift. Never seen a Russell lift. You get to see Sean lift. Never met Sean. Uh, can't wait to. Oh, I'm not gonna be there. I'm leaving early. I'm suck. I don't get to freaking see Daniela and them lift or see Ray lift. Yeah, I want to see Ray's comeback. That's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't posted anything. That's crazy. I was going to say, he's, he's been mad quiet. And I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, <laughs> It could mean anything, doesn't yeah. it? Or, or it could mean nothing. But um, he might just be enjoying life and not caring. But um, like about posting, you know what I mean? So he might be like, whatever. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. It is what it is. But uh, obviously, Russell, Sean, Jamar, like those guys, like Muscle Man, oh, yeah. Marcus, like I want to see what those the 83s I'm excited about. Uh, 105s look stacked. Um, obviously, 74s with the women's the battle of the, of the uh, between Daniela Mello and Amanda Lawrence again. Mm-hmm. Crazy at Worlds. Can't wait to see that. Um, I mean, yeah, man, it's stacked. All, almost all of them are stacked. Are you going to be watching on the stream if you're not there live? Uh, I'm going to try to watch do 
the eighty the eighty fours lift Sunday morning, like Sunday during the day, correct? Or is it? Or they lift Saturday? I'll have to double check. I think I think they lift Sunday. Someone told me that Chloe Dublin told me they lift Sunday, but I'm flying back Sunday morning, so I don't know. But I'll be there the whole rest of the time. I'll be I'll be there from the first day. So I lift I lift on the first day. I'll be there Tuesday, and then. Don't sleep on my girl, though. And then uh, I'll be there till Saturday or Sunday. But I'm watching everybody. It's going to be tight, man. It's going to be tight. Listen, yeah. um, I know my man Caffrey's got an anniversary dinner that he's got to get to. So I'm not going to get okay. trouble here. But uh, listen, keep it, thank you for coming on, first off. Before we let yeah. you go, though, uh, one question we always ask everybody is um, when all is said and done, I know you're 20 years old, so it's tough to imagine now. But when you're an old man, 60 years old, and you look back, how do you want to be remembered in the sport? Um, I want to. I want to be remembered as the best lifter ever to come through raw or quick. Oh, that's damn. it. That's it. I want to be the greatest. I want to be the goat. That's Simple. It. That's it, man. Well, hey, I don't want. I, I want. I want people to be like, oh, he was a really good seventy-four. He was the best seventy-four. No, I want to be like that kid was the best power lifter ever to come through the USAPL IPF. Do Do you see yourself hitting multiple weight classes? Or stay, or doing an Oleg and creating a dynasty in one weight class. Uh, I want to try to create the dynasty in the seventy four. You know, I haven't filled it out at all, nowhere near it yet. So I'll probably start filling it out probably like three, four, five years maybe mm-hmm. over it, and then I might move up eighty threes. I feel like, I, but people are trying to get me to move up eighty threes now, but I can't. I can't even make seventy four. Yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> let me make 74 first yeah like let me have to cut 74 as first we talk about 83s yeah no kidding and um before we let you go as well do you do online coaching uh yes i do I'm, i haven't just been doing it a lot lately but because i've been trying to focus on you know every meet that i go to but yeah i do do you and, and if people want you as an online coach how do they get a hold of you uh my email is in my bio gotcha and and your instagram you want to give your instagram handles for anyone listening in case they want to reach out Oh uh, yeah, uh, Park Strong seventy four kg. That's my Instagram, and then my email is you'll see it's AJ Perkins seventeen at Gmail. Simple. Sounds good. Anybody you want to thank before we let you go? Um, I want to thank um, John Pena for helping me program me. Uh, Tim Anderson, uh, <laughs> Shane Dunn, Chloe Dublin, Rob Signs, um. My dad, my family, I love them, but they probably won't listen anyway. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not with some of the f bombs I was dropping. Sorry, mom. Sorry, nah, nah, they, they won't care. They don't care. We're from the south. That happens all the time. That's, That's it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, listen. Um, good luck with training, man. Stay safe. You yep. know we'll be watching. And on the other side of the nationals, we'd love to have you back on. And okay. If possible. I'd like to arrange um, a preview show and try to get as many of the 74s as possible on the same show. Okay. So That's fine. Yeah. Just yeah, just let me know. Let me know. We can all we can all hype it up. It's fine. Dude, I'm ready for it. Can you imagine you, Taylor, Ricky, Michael? Ooh. It'd be fire. Yeah, it'd be fire. It'd be fire. Show. So um, I'll keep in contact about that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. Sounds good. We'll talk soon. All right, see you. See you, bye. And there you have it.
um, I realized you got to do with dinner. Are you all right for time? Or are you, yeah, or we're are you, good. Are we'll you about going. to be broken up with? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, it's too late now. I, 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 already, I, I already lost my girlfriend, so I might as well keep her rolling. <laughs> if you got any booze here, I'd like to start drinking. I mean, it was only seven years. But it's <laughs> seven, seven years down the drain. I hope everybody appreciates this podcast. You're welcome. I looked at the, I looked at the time. I was like, holy shit, it's 6 p.m. and you got a dinner, an anniversary. But, um, but anyways... Um, yeah, man, I want to have Austin on here because as a 74, to be 20 years old. And he he's has not, a resume. He's got a resume, man. And he and he's, he hasn't even filled out 74 kilos. Yeah. So in terms of like what he might be in a year, two years, imagine he, like he's, imagine he actually fills out 74 kilo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Imagine Just starting with that step alone. Start with that step alone. And then when he's, like when he's 23, which he still won't be peaked. Right. You know what I mean? Like what he, if he's already hitting... A seven thirty-seven and a half kilo total at twenty years old, undersized. Man, he's going to have an absolute monster potential on him. And the fact that around him, for people to be excited, it's good to have sporting rivals. Then people care. You look at the guys around him in terms of the sporting cast. If Ricky Cho can maintain seventy-four kilo, Michael C can maintain seventy-four kilo. Um, you know, train all these guys. I Man, there's too many to like. People just pop up. Mm-hmm. The seventy-four kilo class in the years to come. You know, um, whether or not Taylor stays. If Taylor stays, he'll probably have some tough competition. If Taylor goes, anybody's game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm with him that I hope Taylor stays at least like one more year. So just some, yeah. Build that battle between all the newcomers. Before he leaves, you know, just to see these fellas when they're hitting the, they're, mm-hmm. they're not quite there yet. Right. You know, at their full potential. Um, yeah, like if these guys weren't coming up, I'll be like, yeah, leave. I want to see that. Battle. Well, I, I still want to see that battle with Russ. Yeah, either yeah. way. Yeah, and that's the thing where Taylor's kind of like, you know, shit, man. There's battles. I could he could be. There's battles anywhere he goes. It's true. And on the flip side, he also has to do what's like he can't just do what's best for everybody. And else. like understanding Taylor, like he's won. He's already won seventy four. He's won seventy four. He won the best lifter. Uh, of all competitions at the world championships, so it's like he established himself in that weight class. He, Arguably, he, like he doesn't have anything to prove anymore. Yeah, it, and then there's the old look at when you're king. Do you want to stay king or do you want to go up a weight class, battle guys, and maybe not be king? Mm-hmm. If he's used to being the man, right? That's tough too. It is. But um, that's why it's also respectful that he's. It'd be crazy. If he, yeah, way. it's just absolutely crazy if he does it. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll, we'll ask Taylor. Um, I want to try to get those guys together on the show. It'll depend on timelines, but I'm sure we can get at least a few of them on. That'd right. be dope. Right. For that one, I want to have the video going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that'd be pretty, especially Ricky and Michael on the same, after the trash talking they do, we get Austin in there, throw on the King Taylor. Dude, that's a dope show. But uh, But we'll see. So there's a little preview for you. Um, and we're running at two hours now without an intro even. So we're well over that when we add the two. But uh, anyways, hope you enjoyed it. As usual, give us high ratings. Um, put this in your Instagram in terms of the stories. I will repost it because guys like Austin deserve this kind of exposure. And uh, this is all part of our USAPL Raw Nationals preview show from Six Pack Lapidat. Cafe Fitness. Until next time, peace. <laughs>